Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the C Report. I'm your host, Mr. C, and I'll be with you for the next couple of hours at least, and I hope you'll be with me too. Welcome, 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 everybody who's hanging out today. I see Aurelius Locke and Texas Gal popping into the chat. Hope you guys are having a wonderful, what is it, Thursday now? Man, where does the time go? Where does the day go? Where does the week and the month go? And we're about to say, where did the year go? Because we're pretty much approaching that point, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Okay, sorry. Just got to adjust real quick. We're pretty much approaching that point uh, where the year will be long gone and behind us before you know it. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, we're having a great day here at the Sea Report. I hope you guys are as well. Uh, it's been, uh, it's been, oh, today was, uh, today was one of those days. <laughs> hey, Christina Fontana, welcome, welcome. Glad to have you with us, ma'am. And welcome, welcome again. Uh, but yes, so we'll ha- we have a, quite a show for you all today. What's up, Miss123SKG? Good to see ya. Hope you caught that email back at ya. Always in Texas. Howdy, howdy. Glad to have you along with us. Um, yes, uh, as I was saying, uh, we'll have a, pr- well, you know, we always, I think we always have a pretty good show, but you know that I'm a little bit biased. <clears throat> uh, we'll be kind of digging in a little bit into the uh, people who funded this election audit, because as you know, uh, the uh, people of the left, uh, you know, those um, legacy-minded fake news media individuals just, you know, couldn't handle what on earth was, uh, was uh, possibly uh, putting some chump change, that's probably what they would have said, into one of the most and definitely the first, um, <laughs> one of the first uh, audits of this type. Now, there's been a lot of talk amongst the peeps. Uh, and by the peeps, I say that's almost respectful for what these people are. But amongst those individuals who have opposed this audit about, uh, you know, how uh, how um, uh, unprofessional it is, and just in the way that everyone is trying to relate this to the general population, the public, the people whom are asleep. How you doing, Just V? And I see that over there, Spoon Aurelius Lock. You know, I have to say, when I first mentioned the tick, <laughs> I never would have mentioned there were so many people in the family that uh, <laughs> knew what I was talking about. You guys don't understand. I was a really 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 big tick fan like that was my that i was not i mean okay i grew up a marvel child and now i'm totally totally digressing i grew up a marvel child uh i never really cared much for dc because you know those were you know just kind of like how you only got the democrats and the republicans and just how you only got like cnn or fox well growing up you only had marvel comics or dc comics of course i found a way to branch out because after all uh that's what we do here when we don't uh when we don't uh, uh follow the the current right but anyways yeah tick would have been a good way to branch out oh man you know maybe that's an episode maybe that's a conversation (laughs) maybe that's a conversation for another show (laughs) 
Mr. C in the dark, mm -hmm. or, or, you know, maybe we'll bring uh, back a well, hello, Mr. C episode. I don't know how many of you guys would want to hear me go on about that anyhow, but uh, glad to see you all are out in the chat with your smiles and your howdy do hellos. Hey, Tam Grell, how you doing tonight? Uh, but anyhow, um, as I was saying, in regards to this election audit, uh, just the, the amount of bad information and gaslighting that has been going on. And, you know, gaslighting is such an interesting term. I mean, because it's so it's relatively brand new. You know, when you think about, uh, uh, you know, they could just say lying. <laughs> They could just say bold face lying. Uh, gaslighting, I think, is just a fancy way of saying bold face lying. Um, oh, Aurelius, looks like you you were a uh, looks like you were a comic book fan. Um, I had yes, Impact, indeed. I had uh, several Impact comics. Uh, Dark Horse. I was a Sandman fan. Oh, Aurelius. Okay, we're gonna have to save this for Saturday or Friday night. <laughs> Oh, we're going to have some interesting conversations. I mean, probably half the audience will be like, what the heck are they talking about? But that's kind of the way it was last Saturday, too. Anyways, okay, so as I was saying, uh, um, gaslighting, yes. Gaslighting is just a very fancy, nuanced, maybe, I mean, it could be considered pretentious uh, if, if, you know, uh, not so many pretentious people actually use that word. Uh, you know, it took me... a. A marble tick. <laughs> uh, um, did you know Miss Marvel by any chance? Just V? Just questioning because she was one of my favorites also. And I'm talking about before they made the movie, which I did not see because I just totally lost touch with everything uh, uh, comics and Marvel um, after like X-Men 2. Because <laughs> I'm a purist. What can I say? Uh, you know, Blink was not in the, uh, was not in, oh, she was in the Age of Apocalypse, wasn't she? Anyways, okay, that's, okay, we're, we're digressing here. <laughs> we're digressing. Good evening, Deborah er uh, Erdman. How are you doing tonight? Glad to see you hopping into the chat there. Uh, but, um, yeah, so, um, what was I saying about pretension? Uh, uh, um, an ounce of pretension is worth a pound of manure. No, it took me a long time growing up to figure out exactly what the hell pretentious was. Uh, uh and, you know, pretension is probably, probably like a, uh, very subtle, obnoxious, you know, they're both kind of fake, you know, but at the same time, um, uh, I wouldn't say that people who use the word gaslighting are pretentious, uh, because it, it's, it is a pretty valid term when I guess used a certain way, but gaslighting to me is just <laughs> not Miss Marble, <laughs> Marvel. <laughs> Sorry, I'm Hispanic. Sometimes my V's sound like B's. <laughs> I'm going around calling you just B this entire time. <laughs> no, just kidding. Just kidding. But anyhow, um, uh, this is my point. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, wait, I did my uh, I did my snare and hi-hat too soon. Um, um, uh, an ounce of pretensions worth a pound of manure. No, that's not my point either. <laughs> Sorry, guys. What am I thinking right now? No, gaslighting uh, is, is just a very fancy-smanchy way of saying bold-faced lying, just like CrossFit is a very fancy-smanchy way of saying doing circuit training, okay? It has a, it has a trademark and a t-shirt, and there you go. <laughs> Anyways, snobby nose in the air, cob in the air. <laughs> is that your definition of pretentious, <laughs> Aurelius Locke? I like it. I like it. <laughs> 
Anyhow, okay. Gaslighting is trippy. Um, Christina Fontana, I think you're thinking about a different type of gaslighting. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, all right, guys. Wow. Uh, oh, just the, yeah. oh, uh, Christina, I'm going to email. Oh, right. I will check my emails. I'm getting a little bit better at it. I checked my email yesterday and the day before and today. And I found out that on the important people, I was not that many days behind. So I was like, hooray. Okay, good. At least they're not like, God, it's been like a week and this guy still hasn't responded to me. And then, you know, there's this whole question of, you know, whether or not, uh, uh, whether or not there's going to be any type of communication. Um, we'll get better at it. Um, hey, Pilled by the Rabbit, how are you doing? Welcome, welcome to the Thursday night show here on the Sea Report. So anyways, yes. The new, the fake news, legacy, mainstream, lamestream media, all gaslighting, and most of them are all questioning about this. Uh, who funded the audit? Well, I'm guess I'm guessing you guys have probably heard a little bit about you know the funds that have gone into this audit, but we'll dig a little bit deeper, particularly on one of those primary funders whom I've been a fan of for quite some time. Uh, but we'll get to that in just a little bit. Uh, Bell endorsed by Flynn. We're talking about a chief Bell over in the state of Virginia. So we'll be talking about Virginia just a little bit. Now, it's it's uh, pretty interesting to me what we're seeing right now is we're seeing a bunch of uh, America First candidates who are stepping onto the scene and getting ready to go into battle. And we're seeing a lot of endorsements. Uh, you know, uh, one of the uh, stories that I'll be saving for Saturday uh, when we're doing Lone Star News with myself and the Texan will be about, uh, will be about, uh, was it uh, Doug Huffines? Uh, it's Huffines, his last name. I always forget his first name and it's probably because I'm not going to vote for him. Uh, even, even though, even though Don Huffines, not Doug, I apologize. Even though he just recently got an endorsement from Rand Paul, but we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more on Saturday with myself and the Texan at Lone Star News. If you guys want to come in and hang out with us, do feel free, do feel free, um, and uh, most definitely uh, we'll we'll have we'll have some conversation. We'll have some conversation on Saturday for Lone Star News. Should be at four p.m. Texas time, five p.m. Trump time, as well as two p.m. Cali time. I gotta I gotta figure out I gotta figure out a uh, a snazzy way of saying Cali time. You know what? Um, uh, just V's talked about being over in California in the chat several times. Maybe I should, it, it's in just V time. <laughs> we will be on at 2 p.m. in just V time. <laughs> uh, we'll see how that goes. You, you guys tell me if you approve or not. But anyways, okay, so, oh man. Um, okay, so yeah, uh, we'll be talking about, oh yeah, so a lot of people are coming up endorsed. Uh, we have, uh, for example, like I said, Don Huffines, who's running for governor, being endorsed by Rand Paul. Whoa, is this going to be an upset for all the libertarian-minded people out there and constitutionalists um, uh, from Alan West? I don't know. Right now, I'm leaning Alan West. Um, you know, if you're listening, Greg Abbott, and I know you're not. I know you're not listening. It's just fun just to say things like that. I, I would never take crap like that seriously. Uh, but yeah, Alan West seems like the way that I want to go right now. Uh, we'll continue to dig, 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 because that's what we have to do whenever we're considering our candidates for these uh, these elected positions. Most definitely, most definitely. Oh, it's like a sticky stream. Girl, wash your hands, damn girl. 
I'm just playing. Okay. Avocado time says just be salty cracker calls it avocado time. Just be avocado time for me is right before I sit down be in, with a plate of tacos and I need my guacamole. That's avocado time for me. Anyway. <laughs> Oh, just me doesn't approve of just me time. Well, we'll figure something out. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, okay. I, I, uh, we only work with approval here. <laughs> we only work with approval. Anyways, guys, great, great, uh, great, great having you guys with us. Okay, so, uh, let, we have. I do have a couple of uh, um, vids I will be sharing with you today. There's, uh, there's this one interview that I've been sitting on for about a week or more. Because, you know, as I start putting my shows together and I start getting everything together and getting everything ready for the C report, and this is a daily thing for me, right? This is this is almost a nine to five. Um, but uh, what do you call it? Um, it? As more stories pour in, I'm like, God, I can't do these interviews that are 20 plus minutes long all the time uh, because, I mean, you know, there's a lot of stories to be told. Uh, there's a lot of news to share. Um, events will not be so current if I keep on, you know, uh, uh, doing those things. You know, that's why when President Trump gives his hour long interviews, I'm like, yeah, man. But you know what? It's always good to hear from our president. And, you know, it's also very important. <laughs> It's a very important uh, because you never know uh, um, what he might, uh, what uh, truths and uh, knowledge he might impart with us. Uh, so indeed, oh, uh, always in Texas eats guacamole for breakfast. You must be one of them guacamole taco eaters. That's what I would suspect. I don't generally, well, you know, I love myself a nice, freshly sliced slice of avocado. <laughs> That's some of the best stuff. Yep, yep. I will eat it anytime as well. Um, I've never had it with a breakfast taco, though. But that's not to say I wouldn't try it. I'm pretty sure it's just as delicious. I mean, if you can mash it up with some, uh, you know, uh, tomatoes and cilantro, coriander, um, you know, I'm sure it would be just as good with a breakfast taco. Uh, perhaps I'll try it sometime uh, because I just don't make guacamole that early in the morning. <laughs> Uh, Connie Ketchup says Abbott put out a notice, no new mask, mask mandates, and the vaccine is our choice. Yeah, Texas. You know, as a matter of fact, uh, the Texan had just passed me over an article in my Discord about that. So, and I had just responded actually. So I was like, yes, uh, uh, Mr. Greg Abbott must smell an election coming up. No, that's, that was my joke to the Texan. But, anyways, uh, I'm glad to see that he's holding his ground. You know, election season is around the corner, but something tells me that either way, uh, he may not have put up with that anyways, because he knows the people of Texas will not put up with that. But that should be fun. Anytime is avocado time, says Aurelius Locke. <laughs> Anyhow, guys. All right. So before we get into today's show, as is customary here at the Sea Report, we will most definitely be doing some chat recap. All right, so let's see what we had going on. Just be a derailing in the house. Texas gal present as well. T uh, um, and uh, Texas gal uh, saying to derailing evening, if you don't get a smile or a laugh from Mr. C tonight, then the Biden just might be prez. And I was like, oh my God, that's so much pressure. 
if you were here with us two Mondays ago, and I think you were Texas gal, <laughs> that was probably my most depressing episode. <laughs> so saith the feedback I get, but you know, <laughs> we try. I just don't think, I think I just didn't have my espresso that morning. And I wasn't ready to hear that all the hard work that Americans had put in. Anyways, it's not worth it. Um, Connie Ketchup says, my avocado plain Jane. You know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, plain Jane avocado. Like, I enjoy it. And I'll eat it with something, you know. But, you know, avocado is a very healthy fat. Um, avocado, um, a cold-pressed, organic, non-mixed uh, um, ol um, olive oil coconut oil. I don't think many people out there in the real world, and I'm pretty sure some of you guys here in the chat do recognize the importance of healthy fats. And we're not just talking about, you know, because it, um, you know, it, it kicks out the bad fats and does not allow them in. It's better for your heart. It helps the metabolism. But also, I think a lot of people don't realize that our brain is made out of, out of cholesterol. You know, and that's one of the main reasons why I strongly oppose cholesterol medication, because anything that takes cholesterol out of your body probably takes it out of your head, too. And then you end up with Alzheimer's. At least that's some of the theories and things and studies that I've come to see. But yes, most definitely. Ooh, chicken tiki marsala. You know, always in Texas, I have not I've had that dish maybe twice in my life and I loved it every time. But maybe only twice, maybe only twice. Now, now, what is that, 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 that red pot curry or whatever that comes in? No, I can't do coconut milk in my, my, my dinner foods. It just, it, I don't know. The flavor doesn't like, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, register well with my palate for some reason. Like I've had like coconut based milk based soups and I just, I can't, can't do it. Can't do it. But, uh, oh, I do like Indian food. I just have not had it as much as maybe I should have. Anyways, you guys are getting me distracted with food over here. <laughs> I'm going to make you guys hungry. Okay. I'm going to make you guys hungry, but you guys are making me hungry. And I just ate dinner. So <laughs> that's not a good thing. But at the same time, it's quite enjoyable. Wait, I saw something about a steak. Oh, yes, a steak. Uh-huh. I, I don't know. You know, when it comes to steaks, um, it, it, it's it's a very touchy topic for some people because I go off the rails when some people tell me about how they prepare their steaks. But we'll go ahead and keep that one under the wraps for tonight, because after all, some people like it bloody. Some people like it carcinogenic. Anyways, OK. <laughs> probably tells you where I stand. Anyways, okay, uh, we were we were doing the chat recap, weren't we? Okay, sorry, okay. Uh, Tam Growl was in the house, earliest lock was hanging out, Deborah Erdman, Pill by the Rabbit, Sleigh Bells, 72, iRobot gifted a cookie, uh, the Speak Uneasy, Tracy PCB, earliest lock says, August is my birthday month. <laughs> Just V says you got you're going to have a birthday month. Well, let me tell you something, guys. When when I was as young, when I was as young as Aurelius Locke was, I used to have birthday months too. <laughs> and now I just have like maybe a week. <laughs> 
Oh, if I have the money for it. No, just kidding. Just V gifted a can, a drink of a drink for my cookies. Nick Walls was also in the house. Uh, Deborah Erdman gifting a cookie, an Oreo to be exact. Sherry Pittsburgh, one Eagle five, one Scott hanging out. Connie Ketchup says, just saw on Telegram. It's with a video of Assange. The bottom says they are going to make it an act of terrorism to expose government crimes. And indeed, I think uh, I think I uh, I mentioned that last night during our show. Connie Ketchup then goes on to say, then at the bottom, it's got 8-11. The United States government will attempt to make exposing their crimes an act of terrorism. So that's interesting that you put that in there, though, Connie Ketchup, about this whole August 11th thing. Now, what is going on with this August 11th thing? I've heard around the water cooler. Um, I've heard around the water cooler. <laughs> I see that always. I heard, I heard around the water cooler that there was supposed to be some kind of event happening on August. I'll get you back to you in a minute, always in Texas. I heard around the water cooler that there was supposed to be some kind of event happening on August 11th. I don't know anything about it. Um, um, and I think it's rather interesting that uh, that date is um, proliferating, popping up around, you know, Julian Assange news. Um, of course, again, you know, we do always have to vet our sources. And if they're not vettable, go with your gut and see what else you can find. Dig, 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 dig. You know what I mean? Like, that's all we can do. Um, but we'll see what happens. Again, like I said, I've heard some things, but I'm not 100% about what's going on in regards to uh, August 11th. But apparently we're supposed to like what? Watch the skies, duck and cover, get into the storm shelter. I don't know what's going to happen on August 11th. You guys tell me. What, what have you guys heard? Connie Ketchup. Yes, I am going over yesterday's chat recap and you are being featured in it, my ma'am. <laughs> I said my ma'am, just in case you didn't hear that. Uh, but yes, uh, I am reading yesterday's chat recap. Indeed, I am. Okay, now where did you go always? <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> All right, wait, and then we'll get back to the chat recap. Okay, <laughs> always in Texas says... To be fair, you thought enchiladas included Velveeta cheese. <laughs> Wait, hold on. We're not done yet. You went away. Okay. Uh, I dismiss garbage palette. Oh, and uh, where, wait, 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 where'd it go? Okay. Wait, where'd you go? Where'd you go? You guys are talking too fast <laughs> and love the friend. Yes, you may dismiss, ma'am. Now I will, I will stand to correct. I, I was raised in a household that put Velveeta cheese on my enchiladas. <laughs> so I stand absolved. No, just kidding. I don't know. Yeah, trust me. Trust me, my friend. Trust me, my friend. My palate has gotten a little bit more sophisticated since I was 12 years old. <laughs> Anyways, I love you always. I love, I love your straight tongue. Uh, you just, uh, you bring so much joy to my heart. <laughs> okay. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. Oh my goodness. Uh, okay. So yes, uh, Mitradate was hanging out. Sherry Pittsburgh was also in the house. Woohoo! Dinner date. Okay. So Yes, I think I can go ahead and say now, because don't forget, guys, tomorrow we will be on at 3 p.m. Texas time, five, uh, 4 p.m. Uh, Trump time, and and uh, 1 p.m. Uh, West Coast time. We'll go with that for now. I'll come up with something snazzy for you, uh, Miss Just V. <laughs> but, you know, avocados don't just come from California. <laughs> 
Uh, anyways, okay. So that's what's going on um, tomorrow. We'll be on three p. So now the reason, and I told you guys yesterday, uh, it's because I do have, um, I do have some, I have a dinner, a dinner appointment, not a dinner date. Uh, <laughs> uh, but actually, guys, um, I will be, uh, uh, I will be meeting up with, uh, with the Speak Uneasy. I'll bring you all the pictures. No, just kidding. I probably won't be able to take pictures. You guys know that Speak works under anonymity. Uh, But he's coming into San Antonio uh, tomorrow with his family. Uh, And they're only going to be here for one day. And he asked and and, uh, made some arrangements. Um, So um, I'm I'm super stoked, guys. This is going to be the first time I've met a Foxhole family member. Uh, not the first chance I've had, but there's been a couple of chances where I haven't been able to, to <laughs> where I haven't been able to make it out. You know, always in Texas, it's probably very wrong that I blamed that on my mother about the Velveeta. <laughs> it's probably very, I probably should have not put, I probably should not have thrown my mom under the bus like that, but I appreciate your understanding. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, so yeah, so I'm I'm super excited, uh, and of course, um, we'll be doing uh, we'll be doing the C report uh, earlier in the afternoon, and then um, uh, we'll be will we will be here for the Mister C in the Dark show um, at midnight Texas time. <laughs> For the Mr. C in the Dark show, uh, midnight Texas time, and uh, Speak will be uh, joining me on that, and uh, we'll see who else might happen to pop up. I have an idea of who else might be joining us that night, uh, but we'll see as we go through this chat who I think that might be, because there's some good context clues in the chat recap. Uh, let's see, Anon1250991, whomever that might be, happened to be hanging out with us. Welcome, Anon. Aurelius Locke, and probably your favorite resident redneck trucking driving fox wait let me read that better and probably your favorite resident redneck truck driving foxaholic i love all of the what are those adjectives <laughs> okay so um um i gather mr aurelius uh, that uh, we may be graced by your presence tomorrow mr aurelius Locke, if you would like to join myself and um uh, mr speak uneasy uh, by all means let me know i'll drop you the link i will save you the spot and uh and we will have a panel on for tomorrow night now what we're going to talk about i don't know just yet uh, it might be a little bit more coherent than the last episode <laughs> but uh it'll be fun just as it always is because it's always fun hanging out with the foxhole family um pilled by the rabbit black tom anniversary coming up the 30th of july one of my favorite mandela effects okay so uh, oh, and then Pilled by the Rabbit says, uh, Black Tom would be a great subject matter for Mr. Seeing the Dark. I've never heard of Black Tom Mandela effect. So uh, maybe I'll do a little bit of snooping in my free time and see what's up with that. Uh, but this is this is happening on July 30th. So that's tomorrow. That's tomorrow. Aurelius, speak. Get on Black Tom so we can have some stirring conversation. <laughs> I don't know. I've never heard of that one. I've never heard of that one. I'm very curious now. Um, I almost definitely look it up. Um, Connie Ketchup says to just be, um, if I had to wear a mask, I could hide my teeth. Okay. So let me tell you something, uh, Connie Ketchup and just be like, I, I like, that was my only thing about the masks. I was like, yeah, <laughs> 
no one will be able to see my teeth. And then I was like, the only good thing that masks are for is like bad breath. <laughs> Cause uh, let me tell you guys, I, I do smoke sometimes and uh, a coffee drinker, the coffee breath is not a good thing. I'm sure you guys know about it and I'm not ashamed to say it cause I love my espresso. <laughs> But it's like, you know, you brush your teeth, you step out, and, and then, you know, you got the coffee breath. Well, the mask, right? Okay. Texas, that's the only thing I would advocate masks for, as a matter of fact. <laughs> uh, anyways, okay. Um, August 2nd. Oh, Texas Gal says August 2nd, six-month anniversary party for Mr. C. Oh, that's so sweet. Six months, though. Um, um, I didn't realize it's already coming up, right? Uh, six months of Mr. C, the C report. Um, uh, you know, I didn't even do, a, I didn't make a big deal out of the 100th episode. Cause I was like, it's just, it's a hundred. Like, you know, it's, it's, it, if you're doing it every day, 100 will creep up on you pretty quick. You know what I mean? So I was like, we'll do something. I'll, I'll say something or make a big deal about it when I hit like a year. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> Ooh, okay. So uh, yeah. Black Tom, that sounds like fun. We might, I'm, we might have to look into that. We might have to look into that. Uh, okay, well, you know why say might? I'll, I will take a look into Black Tom and see what's up because uh, I'm, I'm sitting on my seat right now, wondering what that's all about. Uh, Just V says, "Pilled by the rabbit." Uh, at pilled by the rabbit. What about the Statue of Liberty being Liberty instead of Ellis Island? Okay, now that one. Um, I don't know uh, if I guess I've never heard about Statue of Liberty being on Liberty Island. I've always known it since the time of my birth as being Ellis Island. But that's how this Mandela thing works, right? Like people remember it being from that time in memoriam, whatever reality it is that they choose to live on. So that's interesting. Also, um, may, was was um, Ellis Island perhaps called something else prior to that or maybe after that? Or was there maybe a story where they changed it? You see how I'm like trying to debunk the the, the Mandela thing there? And that's what everyone does. You know, uh, the Mandela effects that I know about is Luke, I am your father. <laughs> Not no Luke. <laughs> That one was kind of wonky. Uh, the Berenstein Bears, that's another one that I'm familiar with that, like, I actually remember. Um, but, yeah, no, uh, the, I think the Luke, I am your father one is probably the biggest one for me. Anyways. Oh, and also uh, Mandela's death, Nelson Mandela's death. Like, I remember being young, like, in my teens when he died. And then supposedly he died, like, what, two years ago? No, just kidding. Not that, not that long ago. Oh, here's the one that you guys will trip out on, Okay. This is the most brand new Mandela effect. And I witnessed this myself now. And, and I and my family, not just me, but like the living members of my family, distinctly remember James Earl Jones dying. Like I heard it on like ET News, you know, the entertainment tonight. Uh, I, I had a long conversation with my father about it because my father was a big James Earl Jones fan because of his voice, obviously. Uh, I, you know, I knew James Earl Jones from the Sandlot and from, you know, Star Wars. And, and then they decide to bring up his carcass. They decide to, uh, to, to get him out of the deep freeze, uh, on the eve of coming to America too. And they show a clip of him walking down, you know, a Fifth Avenue like a zombie. And I was like, wait, no, 
James Earl Jones been dead for a long time, okay? He's been dead for a long time. And everyone I know is like, James Earl Jones never died. He's never been dead. And I'm like, oh, yeah? I'm like, oh, yeah? If James Earl Jones wasn't dead and he's most famous for doing voiceovers, then why have they not used his voice in the last 10 years? And, and again, tell me why. Whenever they started the Star Wars franchise up again, why didn't they use his voice? Why didn't they they say, oh, James Earl Jones is going to be voicing Darth Vader again? Really, guys? Okay, come on, y'all. Let's get real here. If James Earl Jones were still alive the last X amount of years, he, he they still would have been using his voice for everything. The man had a voice unlike anyone else. And especially when Star Wars came back, why would they not have interviewed him to talk about being the voice of Darth Vader? Like nothing, nothing, because he was dead. And you guys don't remember, or I'm just from a totally different timeline. And I guess, uh, or or my other working theory is that timelines sometimes consolidate. Uh, and some people would have other theories that go into that. But well, you know what? This is not the Woo show. <laughs> So let me not get too far off my rocker. Okay, guys, keep me on track here now. You're going to have to keep me on track here. Okay. All right. Back into the chat recap. Just V gifted a phone calling Mr. C. Hello, hello, hello. Just V. Aurelius Locke. Uh, okay. When I read this next comment, I was like, why on earth would he say that? <laughs> like what is he talking about i was like was i talking about my underwear on this show <laughs> anyways so release log says mr c boxers sherry Pittsburgh uh, boxer briefs sherry Pittsburgh says uh mr c mugs for the cookies uh tam oh tam growl says her daughter used to uh was a tie salesperson at dillard's uh, very nice when they had very per uh, particularized jobs for people when we had a good economy right uh and texas yeah, by the way i would have loved to have been a tie salesman uh and texas gal boxer briefs okay um pilled by the rabbit boxers uh boxers and tie sets okay so then i I got it. I was like, oh yeah, Mr. C merchandise. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's not the Woo show, but Billy Graham died like three times for me. Wow, Pilled. You've hopped through several timelines and dimensions there, my friend. Um, uh, okay, so <laughs> I like the feedback, ladies and gentlemen. I like the feedback. I mean, that way, you know, when uh <laughs> when you <laughs> that way when you want to show support for the mr c show i mean the the c report you can just pull down your pants and be like look look at take a look at my boxer briefs oh my god you guys are fun you guys are fun but watch out now <laughs> i might not put my face on a shirt <laughs> that doesn't mean i wouldn't be <laughs> against putting my face on <laughs> something else okay all right you know what that just made me think what if i got like a mr c tie with like one of those little sound cards and it has my laugh on it would you <laughs> would you guys buy that for christmas anyways uh it's probably very expensive to make anyway <laughs> oh you guys are gonna get me into like these merchandising ideas now <laughs> Okay. All right, guys, you're going to make me sweat. Okay. Uh, uh, Blue Rinse, Blue Rinse, uh, gifted a cookie. Thank you so much. 
Um, uh, getting back into Assange here, uh, this means they want to charge Assange with terrorism, death penalty for him, then we lose big time, never being able to, I think I lost the rest of that comment, but yeah, that's very concerning, very concerning, uh, you know, it's like, if they can get him for that, imagine what they can get all of us for, you know, then again, we didn't leak news, uh, but then again, at the same time, I don't know. I guess that's a different feel, but it's still First Amendment. It still revolves around the First Amendment. So I think it's just as important. Uh, Vanguard 360 in the House, AP 9889, 123SKG, Palmer 1951, and 123SKG gifting a can. 123 says, go to the Frontline Doctors website. Uh, there is a $90 appointment fee to meet with the doctor. They will prescribe either HCQ or ivermectin. That is invaluable information. I'm glad you and Blonde Blue Lady Q had that, um, had that, uh, you know, that, uh, <laughs> that, uh, uh conversation, uh, 123SKG and that it, it popped into our chats because that's, that's really, really good, good information to have that we can go to Frontline Doctor's website, set an appointment with them, and then get a prescription um, from these doctors and not even have to deal with, you know, the mask bearers here in any of our locations. Because I think that the mask bearers, I think at the hospitals and the doctor's offices, those are the last, those are the last holdouts. Of course, uh, the employees there are under a much strict, a much harder form of duress than any of us ever were. Very unfortunate for them. <clears throat> Blue Rent said, Blue Rent says, these cyber attacks are their excuse to shut down the Lindell Symposium and audit results. That is a very good, um, very good analysis, I would say also when we're talking about these cyber attacks. Like, they're trying to get us all used to the fact that they happen. I mean, because of course, you know, there was some questionable questionability in regards to the cyber attacks that were going on. Uh, like with the oil pipeline, like, you know, I heard that, and again, I don't have the receipts for it, but, you know, I heard that like the Bidens were in bed with the Chinese oil company that was also uh, like a, um, uh, how do you say, not like a producer, uh, but but they they were actually of, uh, in, in charge of and or above uh, the oil pipeline here in the States and the Chinese, a business company over in, in China was actually behind them. So yeah, iRobot says, look at Whitmer. That's an evil beach. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, uh, we'll talk about Whitmer a little bit today. Um, so just get ready for that face guys. Get your shades on, <laughs> get your patriotic shades on because we have some stinkers coming up. Okay, guys, I'm glad we found a way to get around that because I'll never forget like one of the first shows I did on Foxhole and I showed Nancy, Na Nance, Nasty Nancy. And the first thing everyone in the chat was like, we don't show her face around here. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <clears throat> Get your shades out, guys. Get your protective, uh, what's your, your personal protective equipment ready because at least one swamp creature will be popping up into today's show. I promise you, okay? <laughs> Okay, uh, let's see here. Um, Aurelius Locke, I hear you. Oh, uh, at least we have the C. Oh, you're talking about C, Mr. C in the dark. Oh, 
Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. And indeed, Tam Grell says we have on God's glasses. That's why we can see it. Now, if that means that we have discernment or that we can bear to look at the faces of these swamp creatures, I think you're two for two there, Tam Grell. <laughs> Ohio Kimmy hanging out. Uh, Connie Ketchup, much good, much good information coming out of Miss Connie yesterday. Uh, Bush is land commissioner. Now she's talking about George Prescott Bush, the grandson of the uh, the pedophile, treasonous SOB, and the great grandson of the Nazi uh, enthusiast. Right, he's named after the worst people in his family. How could they not expect him to be a heel, a rhino, a treasonous sob, just like his lineage, with a name like George Prescott Bush? Like, really, <laughs> Jeb? What were you thinking? Oh wait, Jeb doesn't seem to think too much. If you've ever seen the facial expressions that he makes, <laughs> anyways, uh, Bush is land commissioner now. Bush being land commissioner is why we have China here. And you know, I never thought about that. But that is a really good connection to make. And I don't doubt that there is some truth in that statement. Um, Ohio Kimmy gifting a cookie. Aurelius Locke, I'll try to pop in on Friday and converse with y'all. Uh, yes, indeed, Aurelius, you are now locked in. No, just, kidding. <laughs> just kidding, Aurelius. No pressure. <laughs> One, two, three, SKG. I sent you a video link. Yes, I got that. I sure did. TikToks was in the house. And everyone was saying hello to TikTok's opinion. So I was like, is that TikTok's opinion? Does he have another account? Uh, but indeed, if he was, he he, he dropped a video off uh, that had this guy cussing a lot about, uh, about being a super spreader. So I'm not going to share it here with you guys, obviously, because this is a family show as much as I try and make it. Uh, but yeah, apparently it was a guy who was vaccinated, fully vaccinated, and was like, you guys used to say I was a hero. And now I got CNN and Fox News and MSNBC saying I'm a super spreader. Well, F that. And I'm not an effing super spreader. And I was like, yep, that's pretty crazy. We, we talk about that stuff here. Um, just not that colorfully. Looking up was in the house. Just V says civil disobedience is necessary. Thank you, ma'am. I do do believe so. And, you know, civil disobedience means it's not going to be violent, obviously. You know, it's going to be like a, a sit-in or a, 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 a seat in the front of the bus <laughs> or rinky, drinking out of the wrong water cooler. Am I in the right year? Isn't it crazy that we still have to do things like that? You know what I mean? But indeed, you know, uh, to me, not wearing a mask is a form of civil disobedience. And it is most definitely, um, uh, I mean, it's crazy because, you know, it's only through those acts of civil, of civil disobedience like that, that people can see just how ridiculous how ridiculous things have gotten uh, in regards to like uh, trying to control people and and mandate and and legislate all this stuff here, guys. But Philly Q is hanging out. Ohio Kimmy gifted a cookie. Thank you again. Just V, the only way to win the game is not to play. All right. You're speaking my language, Miss Just V. We're on the same wavelength in that regards irobot61 says federal law has no part in state elections they cannot audit nor interfere in any way amen brother or sister <laughs> yes uh, and yes it all boils back down to the 10th right it's one of my favorite amendments uh nick walls if donald trump won uh we would have nothing to talk about no we would have plenty to talk about mr nick walls uh we would not stop talking in fact uh, i'll never forget whenever it was discovered that uh president trump would be taking a step back and would not be uh you know 
optically speaking, the president of the United States. Uh, a lot of people that I know, a lot of people that I know, and, and maybe some that I used to work with were like, well, what are we going to talk about now? <laughs> and they were like, let's talk about Bigfoot. Let's talk about UFOs. And I was like, ah, that's not what I signed up for. But my, my, um, my ray of light in that regard was uh, we would have at least four years to make fun of Joe Biden because we knew that it was going to be hilarious. And look at that. We don't even cover that full on the sea report because there's so much more going on but yeah if president trump had remained in office optically speaking boy we would be talking about how he's taking down the federal reserve central banks how he's educating everyone about debt currency and how we're debt slaves and how we're never gonna let it happen again and stuff like that oh i would have had fun I would have had fun for sure. Um, anyhow, uh, let's see. Uh, looking up at Aurelius Lux says, we wouldn't be in this mess if our officials actually followed the Constitution. Sheriffs can arrest government officials. Indeed, and that is some good conversation there. Aurelius replying, the constitutional sheriff is the most powerful elected official in our states. And that is a so um, eloquently, concisely put. Like, I've tried to say that before, and it just comes out like blah, blah. <laughs> But yes, the constitutional sheriff is the most powerful elected official. Yes, they can arrest governors. They can arrest politicians. Um, and, and so we need more constitutional-minded sheriffs. Unfortunately, it seems like uh, good old George Soros himself probably took over the sheriffs or something like that. Uh, because we don't see that many these days, or they're just not that engaged, or they just don't care, or they just don't realize the extent of their power. Uh, and not that we're into power, but uh, authority, the extent of their uh, accountableness. Uh, uh, speak on easy gifts, I can. Appreciate your report, brother. Thank you. Um, yes, most uh, thank you so much, my bartender friend. Ohio Kimmy gifting a cookie. Uh, derailing dropped a, uh, dropped a link here. Oh, yeah. I know what that was derailing. I know exactly what that was. That was the, the video of Biden being greeted by uh, the uh, Pennsylvania constituency, right? They were so happy to see him. I think, um, you know, all of the uh, all of the hit squad teams out there finally got the message, right? And uh, all of the uh, the not really Biden supporters, but people who are being paid to support Biden showed up to this motorcade where he was in Pennsylvania, um, because every time we've had a Biden or a Jill going anywhere there or a even or a what the hell Harris, they're being greeted by <laughs> greeted right by Trump supporters who are just, you know, giving them a piece of their mind and showing them exactly what they think about him. And there's like either one Biden supporter or no Biden supporters. Well, this time there were a few of them out, um, out and about, I think maybe 20. I think, uh, I think the largest crowd I've ever counted for President Biden coming into a town or a city for a visit was between 32 and 38 people. And I have the video on my YouTube. <laughs> it's in Wisconsin. It's so sad. Like, they're like, woo, it was a Snapchat. And, and it was, I guess, from one of Biden's team. And they're like, woo, people greeting for Biden. And they're going by in the Snapchat. And you can, I, you can literally count. 
because I did. You can literally count the people um, that are there. And it was it was between 32 and 30. It might have been 36, you know, 36 people maybe. But like 36 people does not make a president. Right. OK, so anyways, they had all these people uh, showing up for President Trump. And there were even more people there for President Trump. than I think I've seen at other uh, drive through Biden's. Right. <laughs> And so that was uh, that was interesting to see. Uh, Blue Rinse, Blue Rinse gifted a cookie. Thank you so much. Zeno was hanging out. Des uh, Desert Fire was in the house. Desert Fire says, just read that Arizona has made mandate ooh, has made mandates on masks, vaxes, and passports illegal. It's the law. I haven't seen that article, so congratulations to the state of Arizona. It kind of makes sense that Arizona would go that way. Um, uh, you know, no thanks to all of the rhino legislators and, uh, you know, uh, Badusi and, uh, huh. we're still waiting on Bronovich to say something now, guys, back in the day at the turning point action, uh, rally that they had a couple of weeks ago, um, um, Bronovich, from what I understand was there. So I need to go back and look at that because I wonder what kind of reception he got. And I would, if I were Jordan Conradson, I would have been like, yo, Bronovich, when are you going to do something? <laughs> That's what I would have been like. I would have been like, yo, Bronovich, come on, man. Like, do so. Wake up, man. Like, <clears throat> don't be all hibernating with that beard of yours, okay? <clears throat> Excuse me. Ohio Kimmy gifting a cookie. Thank you so much. Just be gifting a cookie. Keep digging these cookies up. Uh, looking uh, up gifted a cookie. Thank you so much. Blonde Blue Lady Q gifting a phone and Just Jules gifting a can. I appreciate your gold pilled um, um, support over here at the Foxhole Fam. It means a lot, guys. Aurelius Locke says Arkansas passed vaccine, a vaccination mandate ban and mask mandate ban in April. Go Arkansas. You see, and that's something I don't recall reading in the news, uh, but that's very good. So, you know, there are still some solid states out there. I mean, I heard some states never even went into lockdown. Like, um, was it like, I think maybe uh, South Dakota, maybe Nebraska, maybe Missouri. No, no, Missouri's in lockdown right now, right? Like uh, at least St. Louis City. Uh, but there were a few states out there that I heard that never even ever even locked down. So it's like, where are those states and why aren't I living there? Ah, just kidding. I really am a fan of my state of Texas. Uh, one Scott says to Blonde Blue, um, don't know where you went, but I'm lower Missouri country love and we don't wear masks and our kids uh, don't wear them to school. So there you go. I just said Missouri, but, you know, apparently um, maybe Missouri was one of the ones that never really went to lockdown, but it's always going to be in the in the the city centers. Right. It's always going to be in the Democrat controlled city centers. Mm -hmm. Blonde Blue EQ says, um, originally when they vaccinated for different COVID number viruses, the animals died getting the virus naturally. It'll probably happen in the fall with the vaccine. People may die off in mass. And you know, the, as scary as an idea or thought that that is, <clears throat> that's something that crossed my mind. Uh, I thought, you know, this vaccine was, I mean, this, uh, this COVID thing was just so weak. It had no teeth. It didn't bite. Um, it was just all the boldface lying that the media and the CDC and Fauci did to us, right? But um, uh, I thought, well, hey, 
you know, in these uh, mRNA gene therapy sessions and these supposed vaccines, maybe they're just giving us the vaccines. And then sure enough, I'm thinking if our body naturally produces spike proteins, you know, and, and, and it naturally creates COVID within our cells. And there's no way that we're not going to get affected by that. And by we, I mean, those who have been vaccinated. And then of course, the unvaccinated, well, I mean, we'll see how much of a risk uh, the unvaccinated will stand to take. Will this, uh, this deadly wave, the deadly wave, do you guys know that's from? <laughs> the deadly wave of um, a vaccine, a vaccine a bred COVID, you know, uh, it could be, it could be something else. It could be a Captain Trips. You know what I mean? Uh, Bill Tech was also hanging out as well as Punky Custer. I like the way that name sounds, Punky Custer, if you're out there. Hello. I hope you're having a good afternoon. If you catch the replay, I like your name, Punky Custer. Okay, let's see what is up, ladies and gentlemen, before we get into today's report. Uh, where's, why is half of my thing not? Stop it. Escape. I don't know what's going on here. Okay, hold on. Oh, well, it seems that half of my chat has disappeared, but it's okay. I'm just going to say a quick hello and how do you do to the friends? Tam Growl, Derailing, Just V, Aurelius, uh, Aurelius Lock, Texas Gal, Connie Ketchup, Pilled by the Rabbit, um, all hanging out today. Looking up. Um, yeah, I'll use this one real quick. Always in Texas. Let's shoot back to the top. Because I know that there's some... Oh, I'm missing some on all screens. Okay, okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay, my mother used to say. 123SKG, Deborah Erdman, also hanging out. Uh, let's see who else we got in the house today before we get started. Vanguard360. Yes, Vanguard. I am on pill.net. Um, and I will actually, I can put that, uh, I can put that address in, uh, on the screen here in a minute. Cause I actually have a prep for it. Just V thank you for the shades. I'll giggle as much as I can. Skeeter Burke. Hello, hello, hello. How are you doing today? Oh, hi. Okay. Me. Good to see you. One, two, three. Thank you for the shades as well. I much appreciate you. Um, let's see. I do. Yes, we do not consent. Skeeter Burke. Thank you for the cookie. Mr. C tell Nick walls. He's in the wrong chat room. <laughs> it, where is he at? <laughs> I haven't seen Mr. Nick. <laughs> he must be hanging out somewhere else. Um, Mitridate, uh, yes. Mitridate is hanging out as well. How you doing, sir? I hope your city's not burning down Mitridate. Okay. Nick walls. There's Mr. Nick. I see him there now. Um, Mr. C needs what? What does that say? Ah, oh, visit a uh, pill by the rabbit says Mr. C needs to visit Isetti Ranch for a few days and nights so he can play hide and seek with my big hairy friend. Um, are you talking about Harold Pilled by the Rabbit? I would be absolutely mortified if I met a six foot tall rabbit named Harold. Okay. <laughs> if you're talking about the squatch. Oh, guys, let me tell you, when, you know, you know how kids used to have those fears growing up? Like, you know, you're scared. Like, I used to know someone who's afraid of aliens, like just the sight of like a gray, 
just they were scared of them. Like, like it was almost as though they'd been abducted and abused in a past life. Well, mine was actually the Sasquatch. Like Bigfoot, that was something that used to scare me when I was growing up. Like just the idea of a big old scary man coming out, hairy man. <laughs> coming out anyways okay skeeterberg thank you for the oh wait we, we thanked you for the cookie but thank you again miss skeeterberg i appreciate you um let's see here where are we at where are we at where are we at oh sorry for the dead air guys i apologize i apologize christina fontana oh hello 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 oh yes we said hello uh, let's see. Uh, yep, 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 yep. Uh, Christina Montana. I think, I think we got everybody. I think we got every Zena. Welcome. Welcome. How you go? How you doing? I robot. Thank you for the cookie. It's cookie time. All right. That'll zest me up a little bit. Okay, guys. Thanks for coming along for a new edition of the sea report. Glad to have you guys with us as always. And now as they say, Trump leads. Okay. So well, actually, you know, today, guys, uh, President Trump only had one statement for me to share with you. Um, and so we'll go ahead and do that here. Now, some of you guys may have heard this already. Some of you guys are pretty much on top of things, right? But we love to archive the words of our president here at the Sea Reports. Now, in a statement today, he said, under the weak leadership of Mitch McConnell, State uh, Senate Republicans continue to lose. He lost Arizona. He lost Georgia. He ignored election fraud and he doesn't fight. Now he's giving Democrats everything they want and getting nothing in return. Clearly, this man does not know how to bargain, right? Um, no deal is better than a bad deal. Fight for America, not for special interests and radical Democrats. Rhinos are running America right alongside communist Democrats. And you guys know if it's rhino hunting season and they're right alongside the communist Democrats. I like how it's I like how we are crystallizing exactly what we're seeing here. Right. They're no longer just the left. They're no longer just left wing Democrats. They're no longer progressives. They are what they are. And that is communists. Now, they've had socialist Democrats. Now we have communist Democrats. Eventually, they're just going to become communists because that's basically what these people are. That is the color that they are showing. Now, wouldn't it be interesting because they used to call communists reds? The reds are here. The reds are here. And yet, you know what? Uh, Republican conservative is symbolic of red. So I don't know. Is there a little bait and switch there that they're trying to do with us just like they did with racism, right? Uh, okay, guys. So yes, but interesting enough, that's not the last Trump story that we have, of course, because we're going to talk a little bit, bit, a little bit now about the Arizona audit. Sorry, you see me adjusting the picture on the screen. Okay, so now, as I was saying at the onset of today, when we're talking about the Arizona audit, we've had several people, several talking heads, several snake treasonous legislators, uh, you know, bad governor, secretary of snakes. All throwing down, and the media included, of course, all throwing down on the Arizona audit, right? And uh, and all of them saying, you know, uh, basically they don't know, they have nowhere to attack. So what? It was blue pens, right? They're like they use blue pens. It was like what? Two pens. <laughs> 
two pens removed, you know, within an hour of being discovered does not a fraud audit make, you know, bamboo paper, bamboo paper, which is just as obscene as Italian satellites. I didn't even know Italians had satellites. Has anyone ever heard of the Italians launching satellites? I didn't even think that they had a space program. Do the Italians have a space program? Y'all, I've never heard of such a thing. Anyway, so we had those things. Um, but the biggest the biggest thing here was the money. Oh, well, you 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 can use private money to help Democrats and communists win the 2020 election through theft, but you can't have private money uh, fund an audit that will prove that we used fraud and lying and cheating to win. Oh, Democrats. Okay, when are they going to learn? You know, the hypocrisy is as staunch as gaslighting, right? Bold face lies, big old bold face lies. So anyhow, some of you all might have heard that, that uh, you know, um, they are uh, actually found that there were pro-Trump groups. Now, guys, I told you guys this, this headline here and the people who funded, because we're going to talk about the people who funded this audit. I told you guys about this back in April. OK, <laughs> every name minus two that I'm going to share with you who helped fund this audit I told you guys back in an episode of the C report back in April. Okay. We talked about, uh, we talked about um, uh, the different, uh, the different organizations that were funding this audit. Uh, my favorite one being of course um, uh, the America project. I showed you guys the website of the America project. I showed you guys how the America project was actually funding the Forgotten Country Patriot Roundup that so many of us got to attend uh, a month ago or so. So anyways, um, it's finally in the news, right? <laughs> it finally hit the headlines. Uh, we have a figure, $5.7 million. I think that was probably the only thing that I was wrong about in this regard, uh, because I said, what I said was the America Project funded this audit to the tune of five million dollars well i was wrong guys uh the america project only funded this audit to the tune of 3.25 million dollars <laughs> so they didn't do the entire five million dollars i apologize i am retracting that statement from april <laughs> and i'm letting you guys know i was wrong the america project did not fund five million dollars worth of this it was actually several national uh national um uh what do you call it uh a nonprofit organizations that help fund this of course right of course and donations and donations uh so uh this comes out because um it's finally been made public so basically all the naysayers the katie hobbs of the world the cnn's and msdnc's of the world they can no longer be like black money dark money we don't know where this money came from in fact maybe senator paul boyer you know the guy who's like uh uh it's too expensive right this idiot who sided with the democrats and did not you know take the maricopa county board of supervisors to jail maybe this idiot will now see who funded this audit right now this this money was organized and was uh collected you know you know fundraising uh by um by several different organizations not just the america project like i said okay guys i was wrong i'm sorry okay i was wrong it wasn't just the america project 
there were more people. But the people I told you about, they're all here present and accounted for. So let's see. Okay, so okay, basically what happens is uh, Doug Logan, again, he's the CEO for uh, Cyber Ninjas. He's the dude that everyone's had a hard on against, right? They're like, oh, that Doug Logan, he's uh, he's totally... Uh, He's uh, hey, what's up, Deplora Laura? Um, they're like that Doug Logan. He's totally unreliable. He's he, he has he's not professional. He doesn't know what he's doing. Right? You can't trust Doug Logan. He's a Trump supporter. Anyways, Doug Logan released today the information about those who back the Senate's audit. Um, and so uh, he confirmed it. He released it. He he let people know. So now. Now we can stand corrected at the Sea Report. It was not just the America Project. Like I said back in April, there were some other people. I did say, however, General Flynn was behind it. I did say, however, Mike Lindell was behind it. I did say, however, that, um, that, uh, um, uh, what's, <laughs> sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. I did say, however, that Sidney Powell was also behind it. So who do we have here? Bam. First up, funding the election audit efforts. We had General Michael Flynn. Now, that is a sharp suit, guys. I don't know if you can see what I see, but it shines. It sheens. Even his tie sheens. Man, he's like a million-dollar man here. Uh, but, yes, uh, we had uh, General Michael Flynn. Of course, he's a former White House Nas National Security Advisor. Is listed as the chairman of a group called America's Future. And they contributed about a million dollars to the audit effort. So again, we have true American patriots, America first patriots, putting their money where their mouth is. Okay, so he helped fundraise through his organization, America's Future, to bring a million dollars to this audit, right? He's one of them. Who do we got next? Uh, yes, this is Christina Bob. Now, I, I did not know about Christina Bob. Like, she's not someone that I, I mentioned because I had no idea. Uh, but then, of course, you come to find out later on through the scathing reports from, like, the uh, the Arizona left news and stuff like that, that, oh, Christina Bob was helped raising money for this audit. Uh, it was Christina Bob of OANN. I will say O-A-N-N -N because they are one American news network, okay? And then also this uh, little tricky here. Uh, this is, uh, what's her name? Uh, Chanel, Chanel Ryan. So uh, Christina Bob and Chanel Ryan, both of one American news network, helped to raise some money, again, for election integrity in the state of Arizona and beyond through their group called Voices and Votes. And they contributed $605,000 um, to this, um, to this uh, effort. And also as well um, with that was included our lovely Sydney Powell uh, through her nonprofit entitled Defending the Republic. They gave $555,000 to that effort. Uh, and now don't forget, guys, with all of this money going into this election audit, of course, the state of Arizona through the Senate did put $150,000 in themselves. But the big money was coming from these guys over here, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, they had their fundraising efforts uh, through their campaigning and uh, through their um, nonprofit organizations that then uh, went into securing uh, the monetary uh, um, stability of this election audit in the state of 
Arizona. There's no telling how much it costs to rent out the Veterans Memorial Coliseum alone for that amount of days and to keep the lights on, you know. And then, of course, we also have to thank all of the volunteers that went in and assisted with this audit. But, of course, we're talking about money here because that's what the mainstream, lamestream, fake news media seems to care about. They can't say it was dark money anymore because they know exactly where it was coming from. But be sure, guys, the reason why that this information was kept under wraps is because had someone come out and, and not like Mr. C, because obviously we're small potatoes here. But if someone big had come out and said, like, um, Sidney Powell's funding this election audit, you know, all of them would have been all that crazy loon. That 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 moron that uh, uh, doubled back on President Trump and doesn't know what she's talking about and blah blah. You know how much trash they talked about Sidney Powell, right? You guys all know how much trash they talked about um, um, uh, Sidney Powell. So there's no way that that it could have been up in the front at the head of this. It had to be waited to be confirmed because after all. They would have just used it to trash the credibility of the efforts of those trying to perform this audit in Arizona. And so that's why I think now you can really see we're coming to an end because they clearly are, you know, they're releasing all of the hounds or letting the information go so that everyone knows who all was involved in this effort. Let's not forget this man. Now, here's a name I did not mention. That's for sure. Matthew DiPerno. Now, Matthew DiPerno is the constitutional lawyer whose work has kept in primarily up in the state of Michigan, where he's been uh, trying to defend William Bailey um, against <clears throat> the election fraud that took place in the state of Michigan, Antrim County specifically. But Matthew DiPerno, I did not know, but very cool. I mean, it makes sense. If you guys remember when we were talking about uh, the entire Antrim case and when they were saying that uh, the judge had basically just, uh, he just um, dismissed it, uh, on some really ridiculous grounds. His grounds were that he could not satisfy the defendant in any way. So he dismissed the case, regardless of the evidence. You know, um, Matthew DiPerno said, we're going to seek an appeal and we have a storm behind us. And he said, we have a team behind us. And I was like, I'll see who that team is, Matthew DiPerno. Now we know who that team was. We're talking Sidney Powell. We're talking General Flynn. You know, uh, we're talking the OAN uh, peeps, right? So uh, that's why I was saying also, guys, back in April, uh, in regards to this uh, America project, um, that the money that was going into the America project to fund the Arizona audit would not just be for Arizona. Like their plan was whatever money was still there, whatever funds they could raise would also go towards future audits. So now we can see the clear stepping stones forward Matthew DiPerno is involved. $280,000 was the donations that came in to support election integrity from American Republic, which is the, the, uh, which is the nonprofit that he was uh, utilizing to assist the stability, financially speaking, of the Arizona audit. And so they said, and so uh, it's just, it's beautiful how all of this is coming together. Because the people behind the America Project said any of the money that we get will go towards future election integrity audits or anything, anything that will help America first. And I can see now that this is absolutely the case because you have this guy totally separate, totally separate from the pack. He's up in Michigan, right? Everyone's hanging out in Arizona. 
he's holding it down in the Midwest to the East Coast, and he's got the peeps in the West doing their job. Oh, it's just it's a beautiful team. That's why you know whenever I heard someone say that there's a storm, like you know, uh, the storm is coming, or you know, storm standing together, organizing revolutionary movements. I did not come up with that, but I love that, and that's what we do here, ladies and gentlemen. You know, we stand together to organize revolutionary movements. Um, again, that's not mine, but at the same time, uh, it's a great acronym for the storm. When President said the storm is upon us. <laughs> yeah, ladies and gentlemen, very much so. So let's talk a little bit about this man here. We have to talk about Patrick Byrne. Um, now, I'm not aware how many of you all know or knew about Patrick Byrne before all of this got started. Now, I've been a staunch uh, supporter of Patrick Byrne for quite some time. Um, I fell, I fell across, or I fell across, <laughs> I came across Patrick Byrne probably about three or four years ago. Uh, when I started really hearing about him and finding out what he's been doing, he'd been doing some interviews. Now, Patrick Byrne, he is the CEO of the America Project, which is the same, um, which is the same nonprofit that I showed to you guys back in April. And I was telling you guys, look, Patrick Byrne and the America Project, they're the ones who are funding this audit through their efforts. Now, uh, if you guys are also familiar with Patrick Byrne, uh, he just released the movie Deep Rig, right? And this this movie uh, spells out everything that was going on with the election audits, I mean, with the election um, fraud and everything like that that happened in 2020. Uh, so well-placed. And I have a feeling that a lot of you probably know a little bit about Patrick Byrne now, uh, that, uh, you know, we're standing here in almost August of 2021. But let me tell you something, guys. Back when President Trump was in office, people were mudslinging on Patrick Byrne left and right. Like, I don't even know where these stories were coming from, but people were saying things like he was a, he was a traitor. People were saying things like uh, he, he uh, prevented Trump from getting information he needed to have, that he blocked people from meeting Trump that he needed to meet with. People were saying that this man was basically one of those uh, shady characters that, uh, that all of a sudden was there and advising Trump in a bad way. But, but these people who were saying these things also did not know about the history of Patrick Byrne. Now, of course, Patrick Byrne is the former CEO of Overstock.com, right? He's worked very closely from what I understand. Now, it's not my story to tell, but from what I understand, he's worked very closely with the Trump team and other higher ups in election uh, security and, and and going back as far as like, I, I believe if I'm not mistaken, going back as far as like 2006. Now, some people were like, well, he's a billionaire. What does a billionaire have any reason doing and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, shut up. Trump is a billionaire. What the hell are you talking about? Okay. So like, anyways, so, <laughs> and you know, that's what it takes. But from what I've understood about Patrick, is that uh, while he's not Republican, uh, he actually considers himself, I think, if I'm not mistaken, more like a classical liberal, uh, uh, as W.C. Cranoff would say, a Second Amendment hippie. <laughs> Uh, maybe minus the guns, but still for, you know, self-protection and stuff like that. Um, um, he's been all about, he's been one of the, he's been one of the main people who has been fighting for America since they discovered that there was a lot of election fraud going back into the early 2000s. Okay. So when I started to hear about this, of course, I listened to my gut 
you know, and my gut said, there's something about Patrick that I like, you know? And uh, so I'm glad that they're, that I'm glad that they are shining the light at him. Now, I don't know how many people will actually report that Patrick Byrne has a big hand in helping with this election integrity that he's actually, he, I mean, he, I don't think he's a Trump fan. I don't think he's a Trump fan, but this is about America first guys. This is about America and the constitution and preserving our way of life and providing that light for the rest of the world so that we may move forward, you know, and we may grow as a species, you know, if you want to say that, <clears throat> uh, so that uh, we may influence other areas and not through false claims of democracy, but through actual liberty and freedom uh, to the rest of the world. So anyways, guys, um, uh, just to uh, kind of put a cherry on top of Patrick Byrne, uh, because again, this is a man that since I've learned about him, I've come to respect. Now he left, he left, uh, well, you know, I don't, I don't even have to tell you the story because I'm going to share with you guys an interview. One of the first interviews I saw with him, uh, it's an interview from back in 2019. Uh, and this was when, uh, he had first, when he left overstock.com. Now this is the guy behind overstock.com. When he left his company, you remember, guys, during 2019, there was a lot of CEOs who were resigning and stuff. Well, yeah. Okay. So and, and I will say something else about this man, just so that it's out on the table. Uh, he is he is he is. I, I guess he's either a member or he's somewhere involved with the Council on Foreign Relations. Oh, no. What did we just say? Mr. C, how can you trust anyone who's involved with the Council on Foreign Relations? Well, guys, I don't judge too early. I don't judge too early. It's like some people say once CIA, always CIA. Well, you know, that's not always necessarily true, although it's more truer than not. Uh, right now, we got Pompeo working with us, okay, and we can't write them off immediately. I mean, again, we don't know if they were offered a deal. We don't know if they're genuinely turning over a leaf. You know, we can only hope and pray that they are not, uh, you know, being two-faced and they're going to stab us in the back and kill uh, freedom and liberty later on in the future. But just so it's out there, guys, because, you know, I know I do my homework, too, and, you know, he's friends with Warren Buffett also. Okay, and you'll see in this interview as well. So, while those two those true two truths are those two facts are true, he has some involvement with the Council on Foreign Relations. He has a friendship with Warren Buffett. This man has also been fighting for election integrity and for our country. Period. Like before, even this election integrity of 2020 even came to happen. This man was on the inside helping them track down the hackers and uh, other people who are involved in um, election fraud through cybersecurity. Okay, so that's all I'm going to say about Patrick Byrne for now. Uh, but let's go ahead and check out this interview. I'm very interested for you guys to see it uh, and see what you guys think about it. Uh, again, this is going to be uh, Patrick Byrne, former CEO of Overstock.com. Why don't you guys check out to hear what he has to say? So here now, uh, as we said, in a story exclusive tonight is Patrick Byrne, the now former CEO of Overstock.com. Patrick, thank you very much uh, for being with us tonight to talk about well, your story. It's an honor to be on. There was some confusion wrapped up in that lead you just heard from okay. by Will Unscramble. Right, well, yeah, Will Unscramble, uh, to be sure. So, you know, first of all, I know that you, obviously you left your company today. It's a company that you built through your own, you know, sweat and grit over all of those years. Very successful business. Um, your thoughts quickly about the company. 
company's in a great position. We have two sides to it. We have the retail business. We also have a network of blockchain companies that I think can change the world. And for example, with something called, if you're in a blockchain, there's like a killer app called Security Tokens. We got a company yeah. called T Zero that is leading that. We have all these great blockchain companies, and our retail business returned to positive in the black uh, EBITDA in the second quarter. So everything's in a great okay. situation. I have to get away from the retail company based on what I think is going on. Okay, so so obviously you stepped away from your company. You say for the good of the company and the good of yes. the country. You say that you got tangled up in the deep state investigation into uh, President Trump. Tell me, how, how did all of this start? Let me give you the bottom line up front. So listen, I'm a, I'm a hippie. I'm a, I have nothing to do with the feds. I'm a flag-waving hippie. Twice in my life, I, held, I had the honor of helping them. A friend of mine named Brian Williams was murdered 17 years ago. I helped them bring the, the murder to justice, and I helped them fight Wall Street about 12 years ago. I was kind of a one-man Occupy Wall Street in 05, 06. The feds showed up, and it was my honor to help them take down a couple okay. hundred people on Wall Street. So that's that. Let me jump to the bottom line. And this I've learned is the quickest way to explain it. In 2015, 2016, they got back in touch with me for the third time. And it was, uh, I was given some fishy orders and I carried them out thinking I, in 2015, 2016, thinking I was conducting law enforcement. Let me emphasize, don't say the FBI. The FBI is barely involved in this. It's all the top. Uh, the, the men in black, as I call them, showed up and asked for this third favor. And I, and well, anyway, I'm not going to go into the details right now, but uh, I didn't know who sent the orders, but I did them. Last, they seemed fishy last summer watching television. And here's the punchline. Here's the punchline, people. Last summer watching television and some congressional hearings, I figured out where those orders came from. I gave him a guy named Peter Strzok and Bill Freestyle. Carlin, McCabe, Comey—that was who sent the orders. Uh, and well, you're naming a bunch of FBI people there. Well, the the Peter Strzok, and it has been confirmed to me that my instructions came from Peter Strzok. That the people who carried me orders were coming and okay. taking on behalf. That's the so, so you had so helped, you had helped the government a couple of times. They reached out to you. What did they ask you to do? Uh, I don't want to go into the nitty-gritty right now. Uh, well, I, the nitty-gritty, I, I can tell you the main event, and I feel terrible. I've been watching for three years, and our country's coming apart, and people are killing each other, and I finally went to see Buffett. And Buffett, my Buffett and I, Buffett's kind of my rabbi, I call him. And, uh, and he said, Patrick, you have to come forward. And I said, you know, it's going to make some feds furious at me. Their heads are going to explode. And he says, you let feds do their job. You're a citizen. You got your job. You're coming to the public. Uh, here's what it is. This was all political espionage conducted against Hillary Clinton, Rubio, Cruz, and Trump. This is not a theory of mine, some political theory. I was in the room when it happened, in a way. I mean, not in a way. I, I was part of it. Uh, I didn't know. I knew I had some of the pieces. I thought I had the pieces of something much bigger. Last summer, as stuff bubbled into the news, thanks to good journalists such as yourself, uh, I started realizing I had these very important missing pieces. I actually started coming, trying to help then, but I had to wait until there was a return to rule of law in our country. And I've, li I've lived in places where there ain't. And that took waiting until Bill Barr got got installed. And then I, I don't know the guy. That, uh, I never shaken his hand or anything. But only then did I trust things enough. And I went to the Department of Justice. 
and told them what you know. Um, yeah, um, you know, it, it, and it's it's my understanding that that you know I should just point this out because some people might be listening and saying you know well how credible is this and you know we we did some asking around and you know we have basically had the indications that you know that there's every reason to believe that what you that your, your story is indeed uh, credible. So um, I, I'm not in the I, I'm not in the convincing business. I'm yeah, no, business I, 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 I hear you, and, and obviously, over, but, but let me go back to the to the basics because this is what everybody's saying at home. This is what everyone's saying at home. What did they tell you to do? What did they ask you to do, Patrick? Uh, there was well, some of it. Uh, involved this young lady, Maria Butina, uh, who came here. Uh, so, uh, so some of it involved her. Okay. Some of it involves sealing up Hillary Clinton uh, for what looked like in uh, looked like law enforcement was actually setting her up to be blackmailed. Uh, I helped set, uh, them set up Hillary Clinton to be blackmailed. What was the nature of the blackmail? Sort of can't go into it. And so I've already, I'm sure there's a bunch of people in Washington who are going to rip me apart. Uh, and I've actually been warned. I was warned last October if I, if, from a friendly person, Patrick, if you come forward, this entire mm -hmm. town of Washington is going to destroy you. It's going to well, turn you into dust. And, you know, I give you a lot of credit because I know that you said that you did some soul searching uh, over the summer and you, you know, talked to good friends and you mentioned one of them a moment ago. Um, what was the what was the nature of your relationship with Maria Butchin? Did, did she reach out to you or did you reach out to her? And, and how involved were you? Did you have an affair with her for three years or what was the nature of your relationship? Uh, you know, you've seen the video, I bet you've played it, where Candidate Trump is at a conference and yes. this young girl stands up ask and asks question. her question. Sure. If you go and look up that conference, which was a 2015 uh, conference in Las Vegas, on, uh, I'm a small L libertarian, a small R Republican. I don't even identify as a Republican. Uh, I'm a small, I, but I get asked to speak at sort of freedom oriented conferences like that. Mm -hmm. And I did. And I was at that conference. And after I spoke, she actually came up to me and talked about guns. Well, and some gun rights thing in Florida, and the first time I brushed her off, I'm not into guns. I, you know, I, I'm not. Everybody should have one, but I, I'm not into them. I don't fetishize them or anything like Republicans, but I often do. But then she came up the next day and said, "Listen, I'm really here. Look, I don't, I, I'm really here. I've been sent from Russia to make contact with you. And there's some people in Russia who want to talk to you. They know about you and your relationship with Milton Friedman. Believe it or not, there are people like this in Russia. There are liberals." And we're sharing this whole story. I don't want to get into it here. I'll put it up on a website called Deep Capture, which is where I used mm -hmm. to write to the world. But I'll, I'll go into all the, I don't want to go into the where and the doll to you touch your stuff. Uh, we had, we had an intellectual relationship. I was given a green light to meet her again. She turned that into a physical relationship. I don't mean to, you know, not that I'm <laughs> unwitting, but, or unwell. But, uh, so we, we dated for about six months. I was trying to enter her in to some senior foreign policy thinkers. I, because of some things I used to do involving law enforcement and taking down Wall Street, I, have a, I used to have a very low level security clearance. Uh, and when you get that, you sign a piece of paper that says, when a gal comes up here from Russia and says, listen, uh, I've been sent here to make contact mm -hmm. with you, and we want to take you to Moscow and want you to speak on Bitcoin and speak on liberalism at the central bank, and then we want other people. You have to report that. I reported that, and so that to my clearance authority, and which is kind of good. You know, I talked about once every three years or something like that happened, 
And before I know it, the men in black are back in, in my life. And I, I was trying to encourage her to have a relationship. And she wanted to be back channel for peace. And I could have opened some doors, but I didn't want to do that until I had, until I had some green light. And after uh, a couple months, and anyway, I don't, uh, I was given the green light that turned romantic. I was bothered. I'll tell you something that, I mean, I'll tell you some really deep stuff. I was by, I was two thirds judging it as an opportunity for something good, something to move the ball of peace down the field a bit. Mm -hmm. One third that it was a risk. As those, I know she was dating or living with some, some Republican bigwigs and stuff. So my idea, I just said, I'm, I'm a 56 year old bachelor. I said, you just, every six weeks or so, when you want to see someplace, give me a call and we'll meet there. Uh, but I was trying to yank to her in and maybe something peaceful could happen. But I had sort of a third, uh, maybe two thirds, I was positive, one third, this is quite a risk. And especially over those, from July of 2015 to March of 2016, as uh, I, as she, she, uh, she clearly was swanking around more and more in big shot Republican circles, mm -hmm. including, including uh, people like Don Jr. I was telling her that the men in black about all those meetings before she had them. They knew about her the day she landed. They knew about every one of these meetings she had. They knew that at one point she was going off to have a meeting with Don Jr. I don't know. And listen, I didn't vote for Trump. I'm not a never Trumper. I'm, I have this. He won, he won fair and square. And. That's, so do you think uh, that so, she was set up by the men in black to approach uh, people in the Trump administration? Is that a possibility? A hundred percent. They knew that she was trying to approach and her instructions were to approach. To, she had to build a contact with anyone in the Hillary campaign, Rubio, Cruz or Trump. And they knew that because she told me and I let them know they let uh, it all happen. I could have told you. In December of 2015, I had a suspicion forming in my mind. It was really quite strange because she had initially checked off. She she doesn't like she's Democrat. She's much more of a Republican or much more of a of a small L liberal. She's a Milton Friedman fan. I'm a mm -hmm. Milton Friedman guy. So, um, so once she checked off having met somebody in Clinton's circle, I don't know who, and she told she was telling me all this. She was just going to focus on Cruz, Rubio, and Trump. At that point, the interest of, in the United States government in doing anything about this went to zero. It became like this, even to the point I was telling them things like, look, she's telling me that in a matter of weeks, she's going to be at some conference of, of conservatives and Donald Trump is going to be taken down and out the back door of his hotel and be taken to meet her and this and that. What do you want me to do? Can I, let me take her off for a trip and uh, whisk her away to the Bahamas yeah. or what do you want? And they said, no, we're going to let it all happen. Uh-huh. hundred percent. So do you believe that, that do you believe that they, that she was working for them, for the, for these no, men in suits in the United States or that she was working for no. the Russian government or some combination? No, no, I'm not going into that. I'm not going into that. It's not, she wasn't working for the men in suits here. Listen, here's the other main event. It's, it's horrible to even say the initials FBI involved in this. It wasn't the FBI. The FBI got hijacked from the top. It's the top. It's well, you talked about Comey. You talked about Brennan Clapper. So you're talking about the CIA. I'm. Um, uh, I'm talking about. I'm. I'm. I've named. Well, I've said there's three officials whose names were used with me. X, Y, and Z. I'm not going to stand your show. The Feds all have this. I'm sorry. The legitimate Feds all have this as of April. Mm -hmm. 
there were three names used at the uh, three senior officials. Right. They were behind all of this. And the FBI was out of it. The FBI, they delivered the message. And let me tell you, oh, and then there was another period where they said, then they told me to break up with her. Yeah. I was stage four or so. They came back. And this time they specifically said, we need you to conduct a romantic, rekindle your romantic relationship. And the orders are coming from X, Y, and Z. And they felt horrible. I want to be clear. These are men and women of honor. And I think those are illegal orders. And I, they made very clear to me, you do not have to take these. You do not have to help. I think they didn't want me to. But they felt terrible. When you, when you say all the way up, are you talking, what, what do you mean? The White House? The CIA? I think. Or are you, I you're talking about names. entities that were separate from these. Like when you say it wasn't the FBI, but you say it was Peter Strzok, are you sort of carving him out as being part of a separate operation, separate this, from the FBI? No, no, no. I'm just, uh, forget Strzok for a moment. I, the X, Y, and Z are... Uh, actual human beings whose names you know, uh, who were in the Obama administration. Uh, guys like Strzok and stuff are the errand boys. They're the clerks who, who sent the messages for some... Is, is it John Brennan? Is it James uh, Clapper? Is it... General Barr, General Barr has that information, and okay. I think I think I'm... They're already, I'm sure, furious. I've way overstepped Okay. All right. I understand. And, and I don't want you to. Yeah, okay. You know, I, I'm, I'm asking questions because that, that's what that's my job. And you can, you know, answer yeah. them, you know, to whatever Fair extent enough. you feel comfortable. And I understand that. But, you know, when you said that you realized last summer that it was Peter Strzok that had contacted you. And, you know, it, you've, you've talked about, you know, having discussions about Maria Butina. What you said, did something, did something make you uncomfortable that he asked you to do? And is that why you, you know, sort of said, uh -huh, well, I'm out? No, it didn't work that way. Okay. You know, I'm I'm gonna I will write up an explanation of all of this, and people can read it so yeah. it's clear. But it's the it was what was making me uncomfortable was two things that I was you know I originally said, hey, this is two thirds an opportunity and something. She's very well connected in Russia. Let me introduce her to some people in our in our foreign policy think tank establishment, and would that be okay? Uh, one third. You know, like she wanted to talk about John Stuart Mill and and Erasmus and the Greeks. I mean, she's a real intellectual. But I had this this concern about the the risk that there was some some mischief afoot, and she was here doing what. Well, as those first six months wore on, that that risk profile shifted, and she stopped talking so much about John Stuart Mill and John Rawls and Milton Friedman, and she started talking about all these Republican bigwigs she's swanking around with. I could have told you, I'm looking for a prop, I could have told you in December of 2015, I was forming this thought, it's starting to seem what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Is now that they know she's here just swimming around with Republicans, it's starting to seem that what they're doing is letting this can-o scandal mm -hmm. develop on the Republicans and someday they're gonna pick it up and shake it, mm -hmm. crack it and spray it on the Republicans. Nah, no way. No way would James Comey, no way would President Obama ever do something like that. That's literally what, uh, and I'm not saying President Obama was involved. Don't make any assumptions about who X, Y, and Z are. Those are all up to the DOJ involved. I'm hope, I, uh, but I literally, ha I could have told you in December 2015, which I will note is seven months before the official start of the investigation, right. that I had already picked up. I was already hypothesizing this is starting to seem like they're just deliberately letting this grenade develop on the Republicans. Are they just going to pull the pin on it someday? I hear you. I could, you know. It, 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 was there anything that you witnessed that, you know, or were you ever told to to stand down, you know, to, to, 
to back off? Is, is that what you were referring to a little while ago, or is that something different? No, in, uh, in March of 2016, I was, um, she asked me over to Russia to give a speech. Her goal was to get me to Moscow to give a talk at the Central Bank on Bitcoin and liberalism, and then to take me to a resort in the Altai Mountains that was going to be shut down for three days so that 40 to 45 people would get together from the oligarchs and the governments and, and their liberals, and we're going to spend three days talking about liberalism and also... Do, anyway, this is this was the offer, and they she had been sent by them to get me to come back and do this. Yeah. When she asked me in March to come over again, she was saying, speak in St. Petersburg on blockchain, and I think that we can change the world and eliminate poverty and stuff with blockchain. Come speak. Putin is going to be there. It's been arranged. You're going to have 60 minutes alone with Putin, and this will be great. At that point, I was told, break up with her and they and get her out of your life. And I worked on something else involving corruption of a federal official. Okay. When that, what, okay. No, go ahead. When that? Sorry. When that matter involving the, the corruption of a federal official was complete, it ended in an odd way that sounded fishy. It ended in an odd way that was very fishy. And again, the details are all in the Department of Justice. And this, uh, but it was involved in a corruption of a federal official. And it ended in a way that smelled like skunk. At which point, when they came back around July 1st of 2016, which is to say a few weeks before the Republican convention, right. but about time, about the time that Trump became the nominee. presumptive not presumptive nominee, yeah. not nominee, but they, uh, they came back and said, "Boy, did we make a mistake? Russia, 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 Russia. We we need to do." And I want to be clear: they said this. They said the United States never, ever asked this to somebody. Never asked a citizen to conduct a romantic relationship in order to get information. This is such a national security emergency. We need to ask you to do this if you're willing. And the orders come from X, Y, and Z. We want to be clear, Patrick. You are absolutely in your rights to refuse this. You have no obligation to. We never, in all our careers, we've never heard of an American citizen being asked to sleep with someone in order to get information and such. I want to be clear about something. And so then I conducted for the following seven months, I, to all intents and purposes, conducted another romance. That entire time I was lying to the federal government. I put on a show. I was flying her, wanting a diner. That second time I spent time with her, I created the impression deliberately that I was complying with the request and being romantic. What I was actually doing, and she has confirmed this, I understand, from a prison cell, she has no... You know, she could have every right to hate me. I understand she's confirmed a journalist. I was a total gentleman. Anyone observing and surveilling would have thought that we were deep in love. I never laid a finger on her because I knew it would disgrace our country and it would disgrace Maria. And that entire period that I was being instructed to romance her, I created the impression and I, but it was all a lie. And I did that. And at the same time, I set up X, Y, and Z for some felony charges. Okay. I, I just have two, two quick questions for you. Um, one is, what made you realize last summer that the person who was contacting you was Peter Strzok? Well, he wasn't contacting. Let me be clear. Some, okay. some people showed up and said, these instructions come and this request comes. Uh, it was things, because I had been involved, I deliberately kept once this Russia scandal started, believe it or not, I didn't. I tried as much as I could not to follow it because I wanted to keep my own mind clear for when the investigators showed up. And we should talk about that, too. But when the investigators showed up, so my mind would be clear. So I really tried not to follow it as hard as I could. By last 
May or June, I mean, it became impossible. And I felt very awful because I knew I had these very important pieces. I actually went to see a lawyer and the lawyer who's a big Republican lawyer. I went to, he was all excited. I'm going to take, you know, I said, I need to come forward to somebody help me. And he heard about five minutes of my story. And he said, Patrick, you're going to go home and you're going to keep your mouth shut. You're going to go to prison for the rest of your life if you come forward. Uh, but the next month, it was watching. It was watching the congressional hearing ripping these guys apart. Mm -hmm. That there were there were little details that were said that made me realize, holy cow, this guy Peter Strzok is the guy who sent these instructions, and his little details within the things that were said. And they have since confirmed to me more recently. Yes, you're correct in what you mm -hmm. figured out. All right. Um, last question: What do you say to folks who watch this and they say, you know, he's he's spinning a yarn? Uh, yeah. Uh, listen, I've put everything on the line. I was warned that I'm going to be destroyed by this, that all of Washington is going to try to grind me into dust. I had to eject from the company. I had to eject. I can't bring that on the company. If you want to help me, and you anyway, you go buy your daughter a pillow at overstock.com. The entirety of Washington is going to come down on me and try to destroy me. So I had to get out of the way. That's what's happened. And well, no doubt Peter, Peter Strzok would watch this and say, you know, he, he's full of it. I, I had nothing to do with anything that he's talking I about, wait. I would imagine. He's, I can't, he won't. I can tell you, Peter Strzok, you want to see a, a former director crap his pants? Pardon me. Go stick a, a, a television camera on Peter Strzok. Or let's just say James Comey and say the name Patrick Byrne. You will see a former director of the okay. FBI crap his pants. All right. Well, we um, we thank you for coming here tonight and telling your story. And we'll obviously follow it um, as it moves forward. Shop. And um, thank, thank you. Very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Patrick Byrne joining us tonight. Good to see you, sir. Dang. Okay. So, yeah, I know that was a long one to sit through, guys. <laughs> but uh, the only reason why I played that was because, again, a lot of, I mean, I've been watching the chat too. Like a lot of people uh, in regards to Patrick Byrne, uh, there's a lot of varying opinions. And it seems like every time I bring up certain people, every time I bring up certain people, wherever it is that I might be, whatever whatever channel it might be, some something something pops in. Uh, and, you know, I kind of, I mean, I, I watch things, you know what I mean? So anyways, um, yeah, so like Connie Ketchup was commenting uh, that she was familiar with this. Yes, this is an old story. The reason why I share that with you guys was for those of the, those of you who are not, uh, um, I guess, uh, aware of this entire thing with uh, Patrick Byrne, like uh, he's he's a lot more involved than some people realize. Like some people write him off as a billionaire. What the hell does he have to do with any of this? But what they don't realize is he's way more, more than I know. Like, I think, mean, I mean, you saw how like uh, uh, cryptic he was kind of being in this interview here. And yeah, I agree with you guys on that, uh, on that, uh, that Fox reporter. Yeah. Uh, I guess her name's Martha. I don't know. I didn't know if that was her name, but it looks like someone pinched her face, you know, but anyways. So like, as I was saying, <laughs> so people don't realize that he's, he's involved at a much, much higher or deeper level, however you want to put it with what's going on behind the scenes than some of us realize. Now, some people, they say they get a gitchy feeling. Uh, some people just listen to what other people say about them. Now, like uh, I think I saw in here, uh, you know, uh, Connie Ketchup saying that she's uh, read his website. And, you know, the, there's a, a whole bunch of different things that uh, he talks about. Uh, 
Uh, again, some people, they are confused on his stance uh, as far as like if he's a liberal, if he's a, if he's a, you know, a Republican or if he's a conservative. I mean, he said himself, you know, he's a hippie. Uh, so however that has to be, uh, you know, um, uh, in regards to being socialist, I don't know, like that, uh, that, that would, I would rather, uh, he will tell you himself, like he said it here on the thing, like, uh, I don't know. And maybe, maybe for some people, he's just too polite to think that he's real. And, and I would say, well, that's a shame because I don't think that that, uh, that's something that should have any bearing on someone. Uh, but I mean, then again, that also goes back to your gut and your discernment and stuff like that. So anyways, uh, uh, from my sources, which I, like, again, guys, when I say my sources, I don't mean like some, some kind of insider or some kind of government person. Like I'm nobody like that. I mean, I mean, from like what I read, what comes across my lap, what, what comes across my desk, uh, from the different uh, medias and mediums that I hear things and pick up things and discern from things. Uh, this this guy is one of those guys who's been fighting for this country for a long time. Uh, and, and if he weren't, he'd just be off living his own peaceful life as a billionaire somewhere. You know what I mean? We probably wouldn't give two shakes of a cat's tail uh, about engaging in the government and doing all these other things and helping with saving elections and stuff like that if he were not being called upon by these different three-letter agencies and other things like that. So anyways, that was just uh, an example of exactly of how how embedded this man is. Okay, but now for even for those people who say he gives you weird vibes, like again, this man spent, and you know, he put a lot of that money in himself in the America project, that wasn't just like money collected through emails and phone calls, like the $3.5 million, like a lot of that came out of his pocket, at least half of it. Um, so I don't know if, if he weren't trying to save the country, if at least, uh, pro, uh, um, assist in the, uh, integrity of our elections, securing our elections, moving 2020 and forward. I don't know why he would put, that much money in. But then again, I guess to a billionaire, $1 million is a good way to spend on faking everyone out, right? On, on, you know, being a double agent, right? Why not spend that much money to show everyone that uh, you're real when you're fake? I don't know. I mean, I, I would take his word over it over hearsay, like, you know, uh, everyone, everyone that's any ever had anything weird about, and I'm not like defending, defending him. I'm just telling you based on what I've read, and based on things that I've seen and heard about this man, he's he's not what some people think he is. Um, <clears throat> and then again, I could be totally wrong. And when that story comes out, ladies and gentlemen, you will bet I will report it here on the C Report. All right, guys. So let's go ahead and hop over to our next story for today. Gosh, we just get so long for time here. Where are we going next? Oh, yes. Next is a quick Next is a quick public service announcement for those of you all who might have like Nick Walls. Did you vote? I'm not trying to put you on the spot, Nick, but did you vote in the 2020 election? And if you did, did you use a pen or did you use a Sharpie? Inquiring minds want to know. Now, I don't like to ask people if they voted because usually when I ask people if they voted, they, they end up telling me that they didn't and they get embarrassed. <laughs> But anyways, anyways, the only reason why I ask is because here is a public service announcement. Who is this man on the screen? Uh, it is a lawyer by the name of Jay Sukolo. 
Uh, Jay Sukalo's law firm is asking all Americans who voted in the 2020 presidential election with Sharpies to provide uh, with Sharpies provided by the election officials to contact him. His website is on my screen, jaysukulow.com. That's J-A-Y-S-E-Q-U-L-O-W.com. So if you are an American in any of the 50 United States, wherein an election official provided you a Sharpie marker, then by all means, contact Jay Sukulow. Now, what's going on with this? I don't know. Like, I have no idea. I mean, I guess he's putting it together some kind of a lawsuit. That's his website. I just put it on the screen real quick. Uh, we're not going to go into it or anything like that, but just guys, just so you guys can see at jsukalo.com, uh, they are asking if you were given an, a Sharpie marker to, to uh, cast your ballot with in the 2020 election, please contact jsukalo at jsukalo.com. That's J-A-Y-S-E-Q-K-U-L-O-W at J-A-Y-S-E-K. ULOW.com. And so this way, uh, whatever it is that they're planning over there at jsukalo.com, uh, you can most definitely assist in that regard. That's just a quick public service announcement from the C Report. Next story. All right. Who are we talking about now? Uh, this is uh, Jerome Bell. Uh, Jerome Bell is uh, running for Congressional District 2 in the state of Virginia. All right, so we're taking it to Virginia now. Let's see what we have to say about Jerome Bell. Uh, let's see, uh, Jerome Bell, Jerome Bell. Actually, he was just endorsed by General Michael Flynn uh, uh, as the candidate for Virginia's 2nd District. Uh, he secured this major endorsement uh, for the race um, uh, just uh, earlier. Uh, now, this is actually the second endorsement uh, this is just the second endorsement um, that uh, second big endorsement that he has uh, aside from General Flynn's endorsement. He also received uh, and this is as an America First candidate. He also received an endorsement from none other than Arizona State Senator Wendy Rogers. So that's a pretty good person to get an endorsement from, uh, especially considering that we know the caliber of the work uh, and the willpower that Wendy, Wendy Rogers had, I would definitely want Wendy Rogers to endorse me if I had anything to be endorsed for. Um, but yes, uh, so we have Wendy Rogers and General Michael Flynn. Now, in regards to his endorsement from General Flynn, uh, uh, General Flynn said, Jerome Bell's 27 years of service in the United States Navy as a chief petty officer, as well as his understanding that his oath never expires, proves that Jerome stands his ground against the constant onslaught by the socialist left um, uh, anti-American attacks. For these reasons and many more, I am strongly and wholeheartedly endorsing Jerome for the Commonwealth of Virginia's 2nd Congressional District. Jerome's fearlessness is rooted in his faith in God, and in line with that faith, Chief Bell is a stellar example of the statesman, father, and warrior America needs as she weathers the communist assault on our freedom. And he's doing, his, uh, he's doing this against all odds and against the very well-funded establishment. As a family man and a football coach, Chief Bell knows that liberty must be fought for and handed down from generation to the next. And that battle begins with the sacred confines of the nuclear family. 
uh, Jerome Bell's courage, his faith and his loyalty to God, family and country make him the right person at the right time to win back Virginia's second district and fight for Virginia and our country. Sounds good. Real quick. Hey, Connie Ketchup. I see you in the chat there. I didn't get to see all your comments, but don't worry, sweetie. I wasn't talking about you. <laughs> I was talking about someone else. All right, Connie, you're good. You're good, girl. I was actually very pleased that we had someone in the chat uh, that was aware of um, uh, uh, of um, uh, Patrick Byrne to that extent, like visited the websites, seen the, the, that knows exactly that this guy's a little bit deeper involved. Uh, than what uh, some other people seem to know about. So Connie Ketchup, that's a gold star for you, my friend. <laughs> Anyways, don't worry, Connie, you good. Okay, uh, so uh, back again now with uh, Mr. Jerome Bell. So Jerome Bell, he's received uh, he's received this endorsement again from Flynn, uh, a, a chief petty officer in the United States Navy. Now he is going up against some opposition. Of course, naturally, there's going to be some opposition. Now, this kind of reminds me about the story that we talked about yesterday about that Landmark Communications Incorporated um, uh, in regards to um, how they have these fake. It seems like maybe maybe in the southeast quadrant of the United States, we have a lot of this going on, or maybe they're just that obvious, or maybe they're just that bad about hiding what they're doing. Uh, but he actually has an uh, he actually has a uh, primary challenger, a race opponent, and this is actually someone who's already a state senator, uh, state senator Jen Keegan's. Okay, now I'm sure if I'm sure if uh, Babs the Ice Queen was in uh, the house. Uh, she would be able to tell us all about Jen Keegan's, right? Uh, and and perhaps even Jerome Bell. Uh, but Jen Keegan's is his primary race opponent over there. She's a state senator, and uh, um, she and uh, she's being backed up. She's being supported by Virginia's GOP establishment. So we're talking about an establishment candidate over here. We're talking about someone who's supported by rhinos. Uh, we're talking about someone uh, who's uh, also sided with the Democrats several times, right? Now, if she wins the party's nomination, uh, this Senator Keegan um, said that she will basically uh, employ uh, the same kind of uh, a war game strategy against uh, her predecessor, uh, against the incumbent, right? Um, so apparently we had this other guy by the name of Scott Taylor, who was uh, a former GOP congressman there in Georgia. And uh, they use the same playbook, which is going uh, being a centrist like they they go middle of the aisle when they take on their opponents. They don't go America first. You know, they don't go they don't fight hard for what their constituents want. Uh, but they but they they lay in the middle of the road. And they think that that strategy will defeat the incumbent or the Democrat because they are indeed going up an incumbent Democrat by the name of Elaine Luria. Elaine Luria. Uh, but now in regards to this person, uh, this, uh, this, uh, this Janet Keegan or Jen Keegan, I apologize. Um, uh, Jen Keegan, uh, for example... Uh, she has supported uh, key pieces of legislation like the ERA and the Anti-Christian Virginia Values Act, which was championed by the LGBT community and lobby, right? And also far-left Governor Ralph Northam. 
So she's getting the support from Ralph Northam. She's lending him her support in the legislature, as well as going against, uh, you know, her, um, I guess her, her, her party in regards to certain pieces of legislation. Um, so he just doesn't, uh, 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 Chief Bell just doesn't feel that, you know, she will live up to the expectations of the constituents. She has nothing about America first on her slate, you know, um, and she's just kind of using them uh, for this. Now, uh, Jen Keegan also recently affirmed that Joe Biden is the president. So she's one of those people like, you know, Newsmask who says uh, Trump lost, you know, or Biden is the president um, and says that Biden is the president. Um, and this was uh, actually on John Friedrichs. If you remember that show, we, we've played it a couple of times here. I think it's outside the beltway is what it's called. He interviewed her one time and uh, he asked her uh, whether or not he thought she thought that uh, President Trump had won the 2020 presidential election or if, you know, Biden was legitimately the president of the United States. And um, uh, instead of, you know, talking about the massive and historic levels of fraud that took place, the electioneering, everything, Keegan just said that her concern was a lack of trust in the system, uh, which obviously that's doublespeak. It can go both ways. And then finally, finally, flat out, she just refused to answer whether or not she felt that Trump had won the election or if it had been stolen. Uh, now, Bell said of Keegan, uh, nothing about Keegan is original. She says she's using Scott Taylor's playbook. She has the same packs as the establishment rhinos. And now she's even using Democrat talking points on China. Why would any constituent want to be represented by a person without their own mind? And that reminds me of Nazira Dawood from yesterday, who people were writing up things for her and people were just basically uh, telling her her talking points and uh, and she could probably not even stand up in a debate um, or answer any questions on her own. Uh, but yes, generally speaking, that is what that is. So, you know, there we go again. That's going to be uh, um, uh, four, four representatives, Jerome Bell. Jerome Bell over there in the second district. So we're getting a lot of endorsements that are being brought up now and not necessarily just by President Trump. We have this endorsement by General Flynn. The other endorsement I was speaking about with uh, um, Rand Paul. Okay, guys, I didn't warn you, but I warned you she was going to be on the screen. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God, Nick. Jen Kegel. <laughs> this is a family show. <laughs> That's terrible, but very funny. Very, very funny. Okay. <clears throat> All right, let's go ahead and talk about this wretched Gretchen Whitmer. Wretched Gretchen Whitmer. What is going on with this ugly sack of beans, right? Okay, so uh, it seems like today's theme has to do with, uh, uh, with uh, donations and um, election money and election fraud and campaigning and endorsements. That's what today's theme of the show seems like to be today. Because now we're going to talk about how uh, wretched Gretchen Whitmer just banked. She got a lot of money for her re-election campaign. But much like Brad Raffensperger and other Democrats who uh, don't get any support in their home state, this woman has also received millions of dollars for her re-election campaign 
from donors that are coming from outside of her state. And it's funny how this works, right? Uh, now, campaign finance reports that were filed with the Secretary of State for the state of Michigan um, from the time of January 1 through July 20th showed that wretched Gretchen Whitmer has raised a record $8.6 million from campaign contributors. Um, and 1250000 of those dollars come from just five donors alone. Five donors contributed $1.25 million to Wretched Gretchen Whitmer for her re-election campaign. She must be doing something right for the communist state if everyone's throwing their money at her. Now, again, three of those five were not even from the state of Michigan. She's getting money from outside forces. Uh, we had the Illinois Democrat governor and billionaire, go figure, right? If you're in government, you're going to be a millionaire or a billionaire, right? Um, uh, Illinois Democrat government, uh, governor J.B. Pritzker, uh, he donated $250,000 to Governor Whitner's campaign. Uh, then we have a pair of sisters called the Stryker Sisters, Patricia and Rhonda Stryker, to be clear. Uh, they're wealthy heiresses, philanthropists, and progressive activists, and they donated $250,000 each toward Governor Whitner's re-election. So that's what? That's, man, that's, uh, you know, $750,000, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, next up, you have um, Samson Energy and Granite Properties Chair, Stacy Shusterman. Stacy Shusterman of Oklahoma State, not the college, but o the state of Oklahoma, has also donated $250,000 to Wretched Gretchen Whitmer's campaign. Now, what the heck is someone from Oklahoma doing donating anything to someone like Wretched Gretchen Whitmer and so far removed, right? And there was also a Detroit area attorney by the name of Mark Bernstein who donated to Wretched Gretchen Whitmer as well. Uh, so you might have guessed it. It was probably $250,000, right? Now, aside from these five individuals, three of which from being out of state, you had four individuals who contributed $100,000 each to the campaign. Three of those did not reside in the state of Michigan. One of the two donors who gave $75,000 is also from outside of the state. You had uh, three donors who each gave $20,000, but two of those did not reside in the state of Michigan. There are two donors that gave $15,000, both of them from outside of the state, and of 44 co uh, contributors, 30 of them each donated $10,000 to Wretched Gretchen Whitmer, not even belonging to the state of Michigan. Something tells me that this should be illegal. Like these PACs and super PACs, while they're a great way to raise money for a candidate, I guess. Um, you know, when it comes to local elections, I don't even know how it would spell that out. You know, uh, people who are running for local government should not be receiving any kind of campaign financing from outside their state. 
because what the heck business is it of anyone from outside the state who is running that state, right? Uh, maybe this is something that we can reconsider moving forward in the new America, right? Uh, uh, like they ended lobbyists when Trump was in office. So why can't they uh, stop these people from donating from afar? Like I'm surprised that some of that money didn't come from George Soros, right? Anyhow, um, anyhow, so uh, the, the funny thing about this, and it's not really funny, uh, I mean, I guess it's ironic, but the only way that wretched Gretchen Whitmer could get these amounts of uh, camp campaign contributions and financing uh, is actually because of the recall effort that they're doing on her. Now, traditionally speaking, an individual can only contribute a max of $700,000, uh, well, $7,150 to be exact, in the state of Michigan. But since she's up for recall, since there's a recall campaign on her, she's actually able to get in more money. Now, this comes from a, a I guess it was a gaffe, a goof, a mistake, an error that happened back in the 1980s when there was a recall effort uh, on the governor back then. And basically what happened is the secretary of state, when they wrote this recall law or the guidelines, did not put in the guidelines that there was a cap of $7,150 per individual in a recall election. So this is a loophole that all of the progressive Democrat, Democrat, liberal, and, uh, you know, communists are exploiting at this time in order to fund wretched Gretchen Whitmer to stay in office for whoever knows how long. And this is in spite of the fact that everything that she's already facing pushback, her, her approval rating is around 50%. Even after she went to Florida, even after though she was, you know, dive bar hopping and eating pizza with a group of friends with no mask on, uh, still, you know, that is uh, something that they're facing. Now, 93 of Whitmer's donors listed on the report gave more than $7,100. Um, and their donations accounted for about 43% of the $8.6 million. So 93, 93 of them gave over the statutory limit for an election. Uh, but again, this is a recall election and this loophole has been exploited to the max. Still, that doesn't get the hopes of some people down. Now, just look at that smile. I wouldn't look at it for too long, but this is a man by the name of Garrett Saldano. Uh, he's from Kalamazoo. He's a chiropractor and he's actually running against Governor Whitmer. Uh, in the next gubernatorial race. Now, I don't know Garrett Saldano from Jack, to be honest with you guys, but uh, it, what is notable is that statewide, he's been the most successful at, um, at uh, um, getting his campaign, campaign contributions uh, uh, pretty high up there for you know someone who's getting money from people from the state of Michigan and not from outside resources like Wretched Gretchen is. Now, guys, don't laugh because this number is nowhere near $8.7 million, but the man has raised $624,847 since announcing his candidacy in April. So that's not too bad, you know, for starting in April. Now, again, in contrast to what Whitmer's receiving, Saldano has said, ours are all pure grassroots. 
93% of our 10,000 donations are under $200. I have no pack money, no dark money. Whitmer can raise $500 million, but it's not going to matter because um, the voters are the ones who choose. She has hurt so many people and she has shut down so many businesses. So it'll be really interesting to see. Um, I'm not aware at the moment of who else is running for governor in the state of Michigan. But, but ladies and gentlemen, um, uh, uh, it will be, it will be interesting to see if with $8.7 million in the coffer, if she still loses, because again, no amount of money matters. Um, no one's going to side with anyone who can put out the most advertisements, especially if they've done the type of damage that wretched Gretchen Whitmer has done. So I find that quite interesting, and we will see how that develops as the story moves along. All right, what do we have here? Another devil on the screen. I told you guys we were going to have some uh, some wicked ones on the screen. Okay, so we're going to keep on picking on Gruesome Newsome, you know, until he gets recalled. So uh, what's going on with uh, Gruesome Newsome now? I'm sure some of you guys have heard about this. Um, uh, of course... Uh, Gruesome Newsome decided that he was going to go ahead and implement the much regrettable and lamentable CDC new guidelines for being indoors with the mask on, even if you've been vaccinated. In fact, uh, um, uh, the CDC, I believe the report said it was for, you know, the highly inhabited areas, like the areas of most concern. But Gruesome Newsome was like, nah, we're not going to just do it in the most, you know, the most uh, uh, turgid areas. We're going to do it all around the state of California. And so he also recently updated his guidelines for mask wearing in the state of California. And uh, so, uh, I mean, guys, he's just he's hurting himself for the recall. Like if 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 the people of California find out what's going on in Texas and Arkansas and other places like that, where we don't have to wear masks. We'll even talk about another one coming up at the end of the, uh, I think that's our next story, actually, New Hampshire, where you don't have to wear masks, where people are like, no, you don't even have to get vax vaxxed because it's your body, you're right, right? The people of California will have this guy recalled in, you know, two shakes of a lamb's tail, right? So anyways, so uh, here's another one for the books with uh, Gruesome Newsome. Um, now, apparently, uh, even after uh, mandating that masks should be worn everywhere you go, 24 hours a day, I'm sure even in your sleep, if he could, I mean, look at the man, the devil's in him, right? He has been found in clear violation of his own mask mandate. Oh, these guys tend to slip up. He must be of the same ilk as wretched Gretchen Whitmer because indeed, ladies and gentlemen, this is the, I think this is the second foible he's had where he's gotten caught with his pants down. I'm sure it was not pretty. Uh, now, of course, in California, they even require children from the age of two to 11 to wear masks especially if they're engaged in school, youth sports, you know, uh, summer camps, camps for youth and other youth activities, uh, even the theater and musical performance. Now, I don't even want to know how a, how a, uh, a, a musical uh, theater would be, right? What do they call that? Musical theater? <laughs> if you have to wear a mask on, like how on earth can you project like it's hard enough for these kids to learn how to use their diaphragm without uh, without choking on a mask, right? That 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 makes no sense. But anyways, 
uh, photos of his child, his 10-year-old son, emerged on Instagram, wherein he was identified as being uh, Governor Gruesome's son, right? Uh, a pow powwowing and playing around with his friends at a summer camp. It was a basketball camp with no mask on. Uh, they noted in the photos that even without, uh, with even as a spectator, they still had kids with no masks on, uh, and and of course, you know, um, uh, they were they were allowed to just you know run about, freeze freeze a daisy, wearing no mask, you know, indoors nonetheless, indoors. This was where this was seen. So again, here, gruesome Newsome violating his own mandates, right, right, and then and then what's worse in Nancy Pelosi, nasty Nancy fancy. He went ahead and he threw the summer camp under the bus, right? Just like Nasty Nancy. He was like, this is a setup. No, just kidding. He didn't say it's a setup. But uh, he said he was uh, concerned about, about uh, the way they did things at that summer camp. And uh, again, it just makes absolutely no sense. Of course, Reopen California Schools, which is an organization in California that's fighting these mask mandates, simply say it the easiest why can his kid be maskless but not ours right so it's very unfortunate but again that's what uh two-faced hypocrites do in this day and age it seems now here to be sure is that other event i was telling you guys about now this was the first time that gruesome newsome got into trouble here he is seated at the table just like wretched gretchen whitmer there's no social distancing Right. They all get to enjoy a nice air conditioned meal. Yeah. No mask. There's gruesome right there. And uh, and this happened uh, last year with gruesome Newsome at a dinner party at a place called the French Laundry in Napa Valley. Uh, I guess we don't need to know that they charge like what? Eight hundred dollars per person for their tasting menu over at French Laundry. But that doesn't matter to someone like gruesome Newsome. I mean, of course, he apologized. But it just goes to show, you know, ladies and gentlemen, that there are indeed rules for them and not for us. I mean, rules for us and not for them. Yeah, exactly what I meant to say. So anyways, there you go again. We're going to keep on piling it on Gruesome Newsome as much as we can. Uh, because after all, the man's got a recall election coming up and we want him out, even in the state of Texas. All right, guys, this is the last story for tonight. We won't be finishing too late tonight, uh, but uh, this man here, <laughs> sorry, it's the name, uh, uh, Governor Sununu. <laughs> sorry, I mean, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Uh, Governor Chris Sununu, 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 <laughs> Governor Sununu, uh, his name is there on the little... His name is there on the little like thing. So you guys tell me how to pronounce it. Sununu is what we're going to go with for now. But this blockhead, no, just kidding. I I'm playing, guys. I'm not going to be mean. He's actually against the mask mandates, just like Texas and Arkansas and Arizona. Um, uh, the governor of New Hampshire has decided to reject imposing the mask mandate after this new CDC thing that's going on, right? Very good news for the state of New Hampshire. Uh, now, Governor Sununu, maybe you could do something about the election audits in your state. That would be something that's nice for you to do. But anyways, in regards to this, Governor Sununu said, 
Everyone in America agrees that the messaging out of Washington is extremely confusing, and this latest announcement only reinforces that at this time. The best solution to getting out of this pandemic lies with the individual. New Hampshire has among the lowest rates of COVID of anywhere in the United States, and Governor Sununu does not support the re-implementation of COVID restrictions, including mask mandates. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, he speaks in third person. <laughs> Just kidding. Anyways, uh, um, now, 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 do understand that while he will not require his state to go under these draconian, fascist, overreaching, oligarchical mask mandates. Uh, Governor Sununu does encourage New Hampshire, New Hampshire residents to take the jab. He does encourage them to get inoculated. So just like they all do, right? They encourage you to get, uh, you, they encourage you to take this experimental gene therapy session. However, one caveat to this, and it's actually a good one, is that while Governor Sununu does encourage his residents to become, you know, sick with COVID vaccines, uh, he has recently passed a, a, a freedom medical bill, a medical freedom bill, right? And that actually passed into law this past week. And that prevents government entities in the state of New Hampshire from denying people access or services based on their vaccination status. Brava, Governor Sununu, brava. So, you know, he's encouraging to get vaccinated, but at the same time, he's passing laws that will not allow people to be discriminated against it. So that's good. In regards to that bill, um, uh, some of the lettering of that bill, which I think is quite appropriate, states every person has the natural, essential, and inherent right to bodily integrity, free from any threat or compulsion by government to accept an immunization. And to that, ladies and gentlemen, all I can say is amen, amen, brothers and sisters, because indeed, no one should be forced to take the vax. No one should be forced to be a guinea pig for the new world Nirenbergs. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the long and short of that. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed tonight's episode of The Sea Report. It was a little long and a little hard, but we got there. I had a good time. I know you guys did, too. I always enjoy hanging out with y'all. Now, don't forget, y'all, we will be back tomorrow at 3 p.m. Texas time. That's 3 p.m. Texas time. Uh, and we will also be back in the house at midnight for Mr. C in the Dark. Um, I will, uh, I, I'm sure, I'm sure myself and the speaking easy will have great conversations. Uh, I'm looking forward to tomorrow's meeting with uh, Mr. Speak and, uh, we'll see how that goes. I'm sure it'll go fine. Um, but it's going to be fun and we'll let you guys know. So, uh, do, do set your clocks for 3 PM. No, just kidding. <laughs> Don't set your clocks for 3 PM, but I will be here at 3 PM for an early Mr. C show. Uh, also, if you get the chance, make sure you check out the C report on podcast. Uh, you can always go to the, uh, podcast station that I have at 
anchor.fm slash the C report. And uh, there you can also uh, lend your support to the show if you'd like to that way. Oh, and I said I was going to put my Foxhole app up. Okay, so let me put that. Oh, it's not even like the way I wanted it to show it. Sorry, that was like an age and a year ago. Let me let me adjust that real quick. Um, so someone was asking if I'm in pilled. Oh, well, this isn't pilled. Okay, so l- let me fix this real quick. That way it is known. But yes, uh, someone asked if I was on Pilled. I am on Pilled.net. You can just simply search Mr. C or the C report, and it should come up that way. Otherwise, let me double check here to make sure I got everything on topic. Okay, here we go. I'm going to go ahead and put the uh, web address up on the screen real quick so you can find me even quicker unless you just do the search. That's pretty quick also. But there we go. It's pill.net slash pound sign slash profile slash 134807. And then you can go check it out there as well if you'd like. All right. Let me go ahead and release the lottos for tonight. Okay, and the scratch-offs have been released, ladies and gentlemen. Let me go ahead and clear this off for you all. There we go. Let me go ahead and see if I get any winnings tonight. Woohoo! It's always nice when something comes in. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Sounds like a winner for tonight. Thank you so much again for tuning in to the C-Report. We'll be back again tomorrow at 3 p.m. for an early Friday night special. And then we will see you guys a little later on in the evening. All right, guys, have a great night. We'll see you again tomorrow. And until then, take care.